the different degrees of your emotional guidance scale. You might say that different emotions have different vibrational frequencies, but a more accurate way of saying it would be your emotions are indicators of your vibrational frequency. When you remember that your emotions indicate your degree of alignment with source energy and that the better you feel, the more you're allowing your alignment with the things you desire, then it's easier to understand how to respond to your emotions. Absolute alignment with your own source energy means that you know the following. You are free. You are powerful. You are good. You are love. You have value. You have purpose. And all is well. At any time that you're thinking thoughts that cause you to know your true nature, you're in alignment with who you really are, for this is a state of absolute alignment. And the way those thoughts feel is the ultimate emotion of connection. When you think in terms of a fuel gauge on a vehicle, this state of alignment would be the same as a full tank. In other words, imagine a gauge or scale with gradations or degrees which indicate the position of the fullest allowance of your connection with your source energy all the way to your emptiest or most resistant disallowance of your alignment with your source energy. The scale of your emotions would look something like this. One, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation. Two, passion. Three, enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness. Four, positive expectation, belief. Five, optimism. Six, hopefulness. Seven, contentment. Eight, boredom. Nine, pessimism. Ten, frustration, irritation, impatience. Eleven, overwhelmment. Twelve, disappointment. Thirteen, doubt. Fourteen, worry. Fifteen, blame. 16, discouragement, 17, anger, 18, revenge, 19, hatred, rage, 20, jealousy, 21, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness, 22, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. Since the same words are often used to mean different things, and different words are often used to mean the same things, these word labels for your emotions are not absolutely accurate for every person who feels the emotion. In fact, giving word labels to the emotions could cause confusion and distract you from the real purpose of your emotional guidance scale. The thing that matters most is that you consciously reach for a feeling that is improved. The word for the feeling is not important. An example of consciously moving up your emotional guidance scale. So, something has happened in your experience that makes you feel terrible. Nothing sounds good. Nothing feels good. It seems as if you're suffocating, and each thought is equally painful. The best word to describe your nearly constant state of emotion is one of depression. If you could throw yourself into taking some action, you might feel better. If you could put what is bothering you out of your mind altogether and focus upon your work, you could feel better. There are many thoughts that you could entertain that could free you from your depression. However, vibrationally, you do not have access to most of them right now. But if your intention is to find a thought, any thought that feels better, and you're consciously aware of how that thought feels, you can begin to move up the emotional guidance scale immediately. It's really a process of thinking a thought, any thought, and then consciously evaluating whether the new thought gives you any feeling of relief from where you were before that thought. So, you think and feel and think and feel with one intention only to feel even the slightest bit of relief. Let us say that someone has said something that made you angry or someone did not keep their word, and as you focus upon this angry topic, you notice that you do feel some relief from your depression. 
In other words, in the midst of this angry thought, you're no longer having any trouble breathing. The feeling of claustrophobia has lifted, and you do feel slightly better. Now, here's the crucial step in effectively utilizing your emotional guidance system. Stop and consciously acknowledge that your chosen thought of anger does feel better than the suffocating depression that it replaced. And in the conscious recognition of your improved vibration, your feeling of powerlessness softens and you are now on your way up your emotional guidance scale, back into full connection with who you really are. Why would anyone want to discourage my better feeling anger? Often, from a very resistant vibration such as depression or fear, you will have already instinctively, even unconsciously, discovered the pain-relieving thought of anger. But there are so many who have convinced you that your anger is inappropriate, but of course they are not inside of you so they cannot feel the improvement that the angry thought really is, that they often counsel you against your anger only to leave you back in your former state of depression. But when you consciously know that you've chosen an angry thought and that it has brought you relief, then you can consciously know that you can move from the angry thought to a less resistant one, such as frustration, and then up the emotional scale you go right back into your full alignment. Why your slightest improvement is of such great value. When you're consciously aware of where you are, and you also know where you would like to be, and you have a means of understanding whether or not you're pointed in the direction of where you want to be, then nothing can keep you there. The seeming lack of control of your life experience is mostly because you do not realize in which direction you're headed. Without a conscious realization of your own emotions and what they mean, you often move away from where you really want to be. There are many words that are used to describe emotions, but there are really only two emotions. One feels good and one feels bad. And every incremental place along the emotional scale only indicates degrees of the allowance of the powerful, pure, positive source energy. The fullest state of connection, which feels like joy, love, appreciation, freedom, or knowledge, is really speaking to your own feeling of self-empowerment. And the fullest state of disconnection, which feels like despair, grief, fear, or depression, is really speaking to your own feeling of disempowerment. There's tremendous value when you're able to deliberately cause even the slightest improvement in the way you feel. For even in that small emotional improvement, you may have regained a measure of control. And even though you may not have fully exercised your control to bring yourself entirely back into full connection with your full power, you no longer feel powerless. And so, your trek back up the emotional scale is now not only possible, but it is relatively easy. Only you know if choosing anger is appropriate for you. If a severely depressed person could consciously discover the relief of an angry thought and, more important, could consciously recognize that he has deliberately chosen the angry thought, he would immediately regain a sense of his own power and his depression would lift. Now, of course, it is important that he does not remain in this place of anger, but from that angry place he now has access to the relieving thoughts of frustration. There are many who do not yet understand the vibrational content of emotions, or even what an emotion is or its reason for being, who counsel with great forcefulness against the projection of anger. For most people do not enjoy being in the presence of someone who is angry, and most would selfishly prefer that the angry person return to their former state of powerless depression, because their depression is usually turned inward, while their anger is often thrust outward toward whoever is nearby. Someone outside of you does not know if your chosen thought of anger is an improvement for you. Only you know, by the relief that you feel, the appropriateness of any thought. Until you decide that you're going to guide yourself by the way you feel, you can make no steady progress toward your own desires. I'm doing my best to make the best of it. Those who are watching you might feel better if they understood that you have no intention of remaining in your state of anger. 
If they knew that your greater plan is to move through your anger and then through frustration, through overwhelmment, to optimism, to belief, and onward to your knowing that all is well, they might be more patient with where you are right now. There are many people who just naturally move from the powerless feeling of depression or fear into anger as a sort of self-surviving mechanism, but when they're met with so much disapproval from family members, friends, and counselors with respect to the inappropriateness of their anger, they return to the feeling of powerlessness, only to repeat the cycle again and again from depression to anger to depression to anger to depression to anger. The key to regaining your wonderful feeling of personal empowerment and control is to decide right now no matter how good or bad you are feeling, that you're going to do your best to make the best of it. Reach for the best feeling thought that you have access to right now. And as you do that again and again, in a short period of time, you'll find yourself in a very good feeling place. That is just the way it works. If I can get there emotionally, I can get anywhere. Right now, I'm going to find the best feeling thought I can. I'm going to reach for more relief, more relief, more relief. Remember, rage gives you a feeling of relief from depression, grief, despair, fear, guilt, or powerlessness. Revenge gives you a feeling of relief from rage. Anger gives you a feeling of relief from revenge. Blame gives you a feeling of relief from anger. Overwhelmment gives you a feeling of relief from blame. Irritation gives you a feeling of relief from overwhelmment. Pessimism gives you a feeling of relief from irritation. Hopefulness gives you a feeling of relief from pessimism. Optimism gives you a feeling of relief from hopefulness. Positive expectation gives you a feeling of relief from optimism. And joy gives you a feeling of relief from positive expectation. In time and with practice, you'll become very adept at understanding what your emotional guidance system is telling you. Once you make a determined decision to continually reach for the relief that an improved emotion brings, you will find yourself feeling good most of the time and allowing into your experience all the things that you desire. Attention to how you are feeling is necessary in order to understand everything that's happening to you. How you feel and the feeling of relief that you discover as you reach for better feeling thoughts is your only true measurement of what you are attracting into your experience. But what about those who desire not to desire? We would describe the sensation of desire as the delicious awareness of new possibilities. Desire is a fresh, free feeling of anticipating wonderful expansion. The feeling of desire is truly the feeling of life flowing through you. But many people, while they're using the word desire, feel something quite different. Desire for them often feels like yearning, for while they're focused upon something they want to experience or have, they're equally aware of its absence. And so, while they're using words of desire, they're offering a vibration of lack. They come to think that the feeling of desire is like wanting something they do not have, but there is no feeling of lack in pure desire. So if you will keep in mind that whenever you ask, it is always given, then each of your desires will now be pure, non-resisted desire. Many people desire things that they're not currently living fully, and in some cases they've desired them for a long period of time. And so they think about the thing they desire, and then they think about not having it. In time, they come to believe that the way they feel as they think about what they want and realize they do not have it but cannot figure out how to get it is the way desire feels. But they're not in the state of pure desire. They're in the state of resisted desire. Often their vibration is more about the absence or lack of what they want than it is about what they want. Without even realizing what they're doing, they're holding themselves vibrationally apart from their own desires. So in time, they come to believe that this sluggish, unfulfilled feeling of not getting what they want is really what desire feels like. 
There have been some who have said to us, Abraham, I've been taught that it's not appropriate for me to have any desires. I've been taught that the state of desire will keep me from being the spiritual being that I'm supposed to be and that my state of happiness depends on my ability to release all desires. We reply, but is not your state of happiness or your state of spirituality a desire? We're not here to guide you toward or away from any desire. It is our work to help you understand that you are the creator of your own experience and that your desires will naturally be born from your experience in this environment, in this body. It is our desire to assist you in coming into perfect alignment with Source so that you can then achieve the creation of your desires. We understand why some would suggest that if you would release your desire you would feel better because the negative emotion that you're feeling is due to the vibrational difference between your current vibration and the vibration of your desire. But releasing desire is the hard way to go about bringing yourself into alignment because the entire universe is poised to help you give birth to yet another new desire. So, a much easier way to come into alignment with your source, and therefore to feel better, is to work on releasing your resistance. Does your desire feel like the next logical step? Your ability to imagine will help the next logical steps come to you faster. You can work the bugs out of it in your imagination. You do not have to build little things and bigger things. You can do it all in your mind. We're not talking about the next logical action step. We're talking about using your imagination until your big dream feels so familiar that the manifestation is the next logical step. For example, a mother and her adult daughter were contemplating purchasing a lovely house in a beautiful area and creating a wonderful bed and breakfast facility. The daughter said to her mother, If only we could find a way to make this happen. It would make me happy for the rest of my life. If this could happen, it would make up for all those things that I wanted that didn't come to pass. We explained that the vibration of her desire was not yet in the pure place that it needed to be in order to allow this experience to manifest. When your desire feels so big that it feels unreachable, it is not on the verge of manifestation. When your desire feels to you like it is the next logical step, then it's on the verge of manifestation. Once you feel in control, you will enjoy it all. You can tell by the way you feel whether your vibration is in the place where you're allowing universal forces to deliver your desire to you now or not. With practice you will know whether you're on the brink of a manifestation or whether it's still in the becoming stages. But most important, once you are in control of the way you feel, you will enjoy it all. You will enjoy your exposure to the variety and contrast that helps you identify your desire and you will enjoy the sensation of your own desire which is being launched from your own valuable perspective and is flowing from you. You will enjoy the sensation of your conscious awareness when you're not a vibrational match to your own desire, and you will enjoy the sensation of deliberately bringing yourself back into vibrational alignment with your desire. You'll feel relief as doubts slip away and as the secure feelings of well-being replace them. You will enjoy sensing things that are about to happen. You will enjoy seeing things beginning to fall into place, and you will adore witnessing the manifestations of your desires. You will revel in the conscious awareness that you have deliberately molded your desires into being in as real a way as if you had created a statue with the clay in your own hands. You will adore the sensations that you feel as you align again and again with the fruits of your own experience. The entire universe exists to produce new life-giving desire within you, and when you go with the flow of your own desires, you will feel truly alive and you will truly live. This is Jerry Hicks, and this is part two of the book, Ask and It is Given, The Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. You are only 17 seconds away from 68 seconds to fulfillment.
With only a few seconds of focusing your attention on a subject, you activate the vibration of that subject within you and immediately the law of attraction begins to respond to that activation. The longer you keep your attention focused on something, the easier it becomes for you to continue to focus upon it because you're attracting, through the law of attraction, other thoughts or vibrations that are the essence of the thoughts you began with. Within 17 seconds of focusing on something, a matching vibration becomes activated. And now, as that focus becomes stronger and the vibration becomes clearer, the law of attraction will bring you more thoughts that match. At this point, the vibration will not have much attraction power. But if you maintain your focus longer, the power of the vibration will become further reaching. And if you manage to stay purely focused upon any thought for as little as 68 seconds, the vibration is powerful enough that its manifestation begins. When you repeatedly return to a pure thought, maintaining it for at least 68 seconds, in a short period of time, hours in some cases, or a few days in others, that thought becomes a dominant thought. And once you achieve a dominant thought, you will experience matching manifestations until you change it. Remember that the thoughts you think equal your point of attraction. You get what you think about, whether you want it or not. Your thoughts equal vibration, and that vibration is then answered by the law of attraction. As your vibration expands and becomes more powerful, it eventually becomes powerful enough for manifestation to occur. In other words, what you think, and therefore feel, and what manifests in your experience is always a vibrational match. Your uncontrolled thoughts are not to be feared. Once the law of attraction is understood and accepted, which usually does not take long since there's not a shred of evidence anywhere in your environment to refute it, many people become initially uncomfortable with their own thoughts. Once they understand the power of the law of attraction and they begin to examine the content of their own mind, they sometimes worry about the potential of what they may now be attracting through their uncontrolled thoughts. But there's no reason to worry about your thoughts, for they're not like a loaded gun that may wreak powerful and instantaneous destruction. For although the law of attraction is powerful, the basis of your experience is that of well-being. And even though your thoughts are magnetic and expand with your attention, you have plenty of time, as soon as you become aware of any negative feelings, to begin to choose other less resistant thoughts and thereby choose a more desired outcome. Remember, you can allow it or resist it in varying degrees, but the stream of well-being always flows. So even a small effort made toward choosing a better feeling thought will net you obvious results. And once you've taken that step and you do find that better feeling thought, you have given yourself the conscious freedom to go from wherever you are on any topic to anywhere you want to be. Once you deliberately choose a thought and consciously feel the improvement in the way you feel, you have successfully utilized your own guidance system, and you can now be on your way to the freedom that you desire and deserve, for there is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. And now, here are some processes to help you achieve what you now remember. Introducing 22 proven processes that will help you improve your point of attraction. So, now that you've made it this far into the book, you've been reminded of many things that you've always known. You now remember that you are an extension of source energy and that you've come into your physical body, into this leading edge, time-space reality, for the purpose of joyously taking thought beyond that which it has been before. You now remember that you have a guidance system within you that helps you know in every moment how much of your connection to that which is your source you are right now allowing. You now remember that the better you feel, the more you are in alignment with who you really are, and the worse you feel, the more you're disallowing that important connection. You now remember that there is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have, 
And you remember that if your dominant intention is to feel good, and that if you try to make the best of where you are, you must reach your natural state of joy. You now remember that you are free. In fact, you are so free that you could choose bondage, and that everything that comes to you is in response to the thoughts you are thinking. You now remember that whether you're thinking about your past, present, or future, you're offering a vibration that equals your point of attraction. You now remember that the law of attraction is always fair, and there is no injustice, for whatever is coming to you is doing so in response to the vibrations that you're offering due to the thoughts you're thinking. And most important, you now remember that well-being is the basis of your world, and that unless you're doing something that's disallowing it, then well-being is your experience. You may allow it or resist it, but only a stream of wellness, abundance, clarity, and all good things that you desire flows. And you now remember that there is no dark switch, there's no source of evil or source of sickness or of lack. You may allow or you may resist well-being, but everything that happens to you is all you're doing. Is there something I want to improve? If your current life is pleasing you in every way, then you may have no reason to read further. However, if there's something about your life that you wish to improve, perhaps something missing you would like to include or something unwanted that you would like to release, the following processes will be of immense value to you. Your habit of resistant thought is the only thing that ever keeps you from allowing the things you desire. And although you certainly did not intentionally develop these resistant patterns of thought, you did pick them up along your physical trail bit by bit and experience by experience. But one thing is very clear. If you do not do something that causes a different vibrational offering, then nothing in your experience can change. The processes on the following pages have been designed to help you gradually release any patterns of resistance. And in the same way that you did not develop your resistant patterns all at once, you will not release them all at once, but you will release them. Process by process, game by game, we use the word game interchangeably with process, and day by day, you will gradually but steadily return to being a person who allows your own natural well-being to flow to you. Those who observe you will be amazed at the things they begin to see happening in your experience and at the joy that you will obviously be radiating. And you will explain, with the confidence and certainty that you were born with, I have found a way to allow the well-being to flow that is natural to me. I have learned to practice the art of allowing. A suggestion for utilizing these processes. So, it is with tremendous enthusiasm and powerful expectation that we offer the processes that will follow shortly. When you have time, we encourage you to read through each process without actually performing the action that is suggested. As you read through the processes, if they hold any immediate value for you, you'll feel a strong impulse to perform them. You might earmark those that you feel enthusiasm toward. Then, when you have the time to perform the processes, begin with the one for which you felt the most enthusiasm. This is the best place for you to start. Actually, you could choose any process at random, perform it, and receive noticeable benefits from it. For every process in this book will assist you in releasing resistance and raising your vibration. However, the power of your desire and the degree of your current resistance does make certain processes of greater value to you right now than others. As you read through these processes and the examples of applications that are provided, you may recognize that something similar is happening in your own life. So you may benefit from applying the same process. However, because your own life offers a broad spectrum of experiences as well as a broad spectrum of emotions, 
There are no hard and fast rules about which specific process is best for you to apply to which specific experience right now. Let us remove the trees from our path. Some of the processes will assist you in focusing your desire more clearly, causing your point of attraction to be stronger. But if, for whatever reason, you're in the midst of offering a great deal of resistance, then a process that would cause you to summon even more energy could actually be counterproductive to you. Earlier, we gave you the example of driving your vehicle at 100 miles per hour and hitting a tree, which is a much bigger problem than driving your vehicle at 5 miles an hour and hitting a tree. Now, in our analogy, the speed of your vehicle equals the creative energy that you're summoning because of your desire, and the tree equals your contradictory thoughts or resistance. Often, people conclude that the only option that makes sense is to slow the vehicle down, but we are teachers who encourage removing the trees from your path. The processes we present in this book are designed to help you remove the resistance from your path, for there is nothing more delicious than moving at the speed of life that you're accustomed to with no trees in the way. Let your emotions be your guide. You are, without exception, experiencing emotional responses to your life experience, and these emotions are your key to knowing which processes would be best for you to utilize right now. Generally speaking, the better you feel, the more the lower numbered of processes will be of benefit for you, and the worse you feel, the more the higher numbered processes will be of benefit. The most important thing for you to acknowledge before you apply any of these processes is how you're feeling right now and how you would like to feel. At the beginning of each process, we have indicated an emotional range that we suggest for each one. Any of the processes that fall within the emotional range that you believe you're feeling right now is a perfect place to begin. Let us begin by improving the way we feel. Some of the processes are oriented towards specific life experiences, such as increasing your financial or physical well-being, but the majority of these processes can be successfully applied to any situation. It is our absolute promise to you that your life will improve with the application of these processes, for you cannot apply the process without improving the way you feel, and you cannot improve the way you feel without releasing resistance and thereby improving your point of attraction. And when you improve your point of attraction, the law of attraction must bring you circumstances, events, relationships, experiences, sensations, and powerful evidence of your shift in vibration. It is law. Some of these processes will become your favorites. Some you will want to utilize every day. Some you may never use. Some you may use at first and then no longer find necessary. And some you will resurrect when special circumstances arise. It is our desire that you comfortably begin to utilize these processes, for it is our knowing that they will positively change your life experience. From our perspective, they've been designed for the powerful reason of helping you realign with the energy that is really you, and in that process, you'll return to your natural joy. Oh, and yes, there will be the added side benefit of helping you achieve anything you've ever desired. Have you put a happy face on it? Your emotions are essential to your conscious control of your own experience, and of course, they're essential to your maintenance of a happy life experience. In the same way that you would not deaden your fingertips to desensitize them to heat, or put a happy face sticker on the dashboard of your vehicle to cover your fuel gauge indicator because you do not like seeing that you're out of fuel, you would not want to mask your own feelings, pretending to feel different from how you really feel. For pretending in this way does nothing to change your vibrational point of attraction. The only way you can do so is to change your vibrational offering. And when you do change your vibrational offering, the way you feel changes too.
focusing energy to change your vibrational offering. When you remember an incident from a past experience, you are focusing energy. When you're imagining something that may occur in your future, you are focusing energy. And of course, when you're observing something in your now, you are focusing energy. It makes no difference whether you're focusing on the past, present, or future, you're still focusing energy. And your point of attention, or focus, is causing you to offer a vibration that is your point of attraction. When you spend time pondering, remembering, or imagining something, a vibration is activated within you. If you return to that thought, you again activate the vibration. The more often you revisit the thought, the more familiar the vibration becomes, and the easier it is for you to activate it until eventually it becomes a dominant vibrational pattern within you. And as it plays a larger role in your vibrational pattern, things that match it begin to show up in your experience. And so, there are two surefire ways to understand what your vibrational offering is. Notice what's happening in your experience, for what you're focused upon and what's manifesting are always a vibrational match. And notice how you feel because your emotions are giving you constant feedback about your vibrational offering and your point of attraction. You must be consciously aware to be a deliberate creator. We think it's a wonderful thing when you begin to make the correlation between what you've been thinking and feeling and what is manifesting. For in that conscious awareness, you're then able to deliberately modify your thoughts in order to attract something that's even more pleasing. But the most satisfying aspect of deliberate creation comes from being sensitive to the way the thoughts you are thinking feel. For then, it is possible to modify a bad-feeling thought to one that feels better and to thereby improve your point of attraction before something unwanted manifests. It is far easier, before an unwanted physical manifestation appears, to deliberately change the direction of your thought to something that feels better. You will come to understand that deliberate creation is about deliberately guiding your thoughts in good-feeling directions. You'll feel the satisfaction of deliberately choosing a good-feeling thought, and then you will enjoy observing the good-feeling manifestation that must follow. There's even some satisfaction to be found in recognizing the not-so-good-feeling thought and then observing the not-so-good manifestation that must follow. For now, your conscious awareness of the powerful law of attraction will give you the feeling of control. Without making the correlation between your thoughts and feelings and the manifestations that are occurring, you will have no conscious control of what happens in your experience. There is always another uncontrollable circumstance when trying to control others. Most people offer the majority of their thought vibrations in response to something they're observing. When they observe something wonderful, they feel wonderful. When they observe something awful, they feel awful, but they believe they have no control over how they feel because they realize they cannot control the circumstances that they have observed. Many people spend the majority of their lives attempting to control the circumstances because they believe that in the controlling of the circumstances they'll feel better. But no matter how much control they gain over the actions of others, it's never enough because there is always another uncontrollable circumstance. You have no creative power within the lives of others, for they are offering their own vibrations, which equal their own point of attraction, just as you are offering your own vibrations, which equal your own point of attraction. Deliberate creation is about choosing better-feeling thoughts. Many say, once that condition changes, I'll feel better. When I have more money, or move into a better house, or find a better job, or a better mate, then I'll feel better. We do not disagree that it does feel better to observe something that's pleasing than something that is not, but that is going about it in a very backwards way. 
Deliberate creation is not about the condition changing and then you're finding a better feeling in response to the changed condition. Deliberate creation is about choosing a thought that feels good when you choose it, which then causes the condition to change. For example, unconditional love is really about wanting so much to remain in connection with your source of love that you deliberately choose thoughts that allow your connection no matter what manifestations may be happening nearby. And when you're able to control your point of attraction by deliberately choosing better feeling thoughts, the conditions that surround you have to change. The law of attraction says that they must. You can only attract thoughts within your vibrational range. Some say, all this stuff about deliberate creation sounds simple enough, but why am I having so much difficulty doing it? Why do I have such a hard time controlling my thoughts? It feels like my thoughts are in charge. It feels like my thoughts are thinking themselves. Well, remember that the law of attraction is a powerful law and that it is not possible for you to find and hold a thought if your current vibrational set point is very different from that thought. You only have access to thoughts whose vibrations are somewhere in your current vibrational range. Have you ever had the experience of enjoying a piece of music and then later hearing the same music, but this time not enjoying it at all? At one listening, you were smiling, maybe even moving to the music, but at another listening, you found the piece irritating and annoying. What you're noticing is your vibrational alignment with the music. In other words, at your time of closer alignment with who you really are, the music blends with your good feeling. But when you're not in alignment with who you really are, the music only points out to you the difference between the vibration of well-being, which is who you really are, and your resistant vibration of this moment. There are those times when friends can prod or tease you into a better feeling thought, but at other times, their prodding or teasing just makes you feel worse. Any success they may have had in helping you feel better has been, for the most part, about how far out of alignment you already were. Because while it is easy to make small vibrational jumps, it is difficult or even impossible to make large ones. The purpose of these processes is to release your resistance. You will find in the pages that follow processes that are being offered to assist you in gradually improving your vibrational point of attraction. Your current vibrational state of being is one that varies from person to person and from time to time. So you'll know only by the way you feel as you experience the process whether it's the appropriate process for you right now. Through observing, remembering, pondering, and discussing, you've practiced thoughts that have become more powerful thoughts or beliefs which now dominate your point of attraction. And each thought you consider or focus upon causes you to feel an emotional response. And so, over time, you've come to feel certain ways about certain things. We call that your emotional set point. The following processes are numbered 1 through 22. The closer you are right now to vibrational alignment with your own source of well-being, the more effective the lower numbered techniques will be in helping you to fully realign. The further you are right now from your vibrational alignment with source, the higher the number of processes will have to be in order to bring you back into alignment. Now, you may be one who is usually so close to alignment with your own source of well-being that you will rarely utilize one of these processes that is past the number of process 12. But there may be some special circumstances that could cause your vibration to dip further out of your usual range of connection. And if so, then you may benefit from one of the higher numbered processes. But that would be an exception for you. Deliberately creating change in your current emotional set point. On the other hand, you may be one who cannot remember the last time you felt good about anything. 
through the circumstances of your life that you've been observing, you may have developed a set point that holds you consistently out of range of your connection to well-being. So you may discover no relief at all with the first five or six processes. And you may find only slight relief if you even begin with the last processes we have offered here. But the most important thing we want you to realize is that it does not matter how good you feel or how fast you feel it. The only thing that matters is that you consciously discover some relief, no matter how slight it is, and that you understand that your relief has come in response to some deliberate effort that you've offered. For when you're able to find relief, then you have regained creative control of your own experience, and then you're on your way to wherever you desire to go. Remember, the purpose of each process is to raise your vibrational frequency. Another way of saying that is, the purpose of each process is to release your resistance, or the purpose of the process is to find the relief from resistance. Or, the purpose of this process is an improved feeling. Or, the purpose of this process is to improve my emotional set point. If, after a few minutes with a process, you do not feel as good or better than when you begin, simply discontinue it and choose another with a higher number. Lighten up now and have fun with all this. We use the words process or technique or game interchangeably because while these are powerful processes that will assist you in achieving anything that you desire, if you'll take a playful approach to them, you will hold far less resistance than if you see them as tools to fix something that's broken. The key to the success that you'll find in these processes actually hinges upon your ability to release resistance, and the more playful you are, the less resistance you hold. A deliberate utilization of these processes will help you move your emotional set point and therefore change your point of attraction. You'll begin to observe immediate improvement, even on your first day of the application of these games. And with more practice, you will improve your point of attraction on every subject of your life. You are, in this moment, the creator of your reality. You are the creator of your own experience, whether you know that you are or not. Your life experience is unfolding in precise response to the vibrations that radiate as a result of your thoughts, whether you know that it is or not. The processes that we offer here will help you transform yourself from one who may be creating your own reality unwittingly or by default to someone who is the deliberate creator of your own reality. Your utilization of these processes is going to give you precise control of every aspect of your own life experience. It is with tremendous love and enthusiasm that we offer these life-changing processes to you. There is great love here for you. Process number one, the rampage of appreciation. When to use this process? When you want to parlay a good mood into an even better one. When you want to enhance your relationship with someone or something. When you want to deliberately maintain your current good feeling set point. When you want to maintain or even improve your current good feeling. When you want to deliberately focus upon something that's beneficial to your set point. When you're driving, walking, or standing in line and you want to do something that's creatively productive. When there's something in your line of sight that could potentially take you to a place of negative emotion and you want to maintain control of your own vibration. When your own thoughts or the words of someone you're with start off in a potentially negative direction and you want to control the direction of the subject matter. Or when you are aware that you're experiencing negative emotion and you want to change the way you feel. Current emotional set point range. This rampage of appreciation process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation, 
And number five, optimism. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, look back at the insert that was provided with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. So, let's say that you're feeling positive expectation. Since positive expectation is ranked at number four, and four falls between the number one and number five suggested current emotional set point range for the rampage of appreciation, this process would be one of the most valuable ones for you to use right now. This rampage of appreciation game can be played anywhere and at any time because it is a game that can be easily played simply by directing pleasant thoughts in your mind. If you were to write your thoughts on paper, it would enhance this process, but it is not necessary. Begin by looking around your immediate environment and gently noticing something that pleases you. Try to hold your attention on this pleasing object as you consider how wonderful, beautiful, or useful it is. And as you focus upon it longer, your positive feelings about it will increase. Now, notice your improved feeling and be appreciative of the way you feel. Then, once your good feeling is noticeably stronger than when you begin, look around your environment and choose another pleasing object for your positive attention. Make it your objective to choose objects of attention that easily evoke your appreciation, for this is not a process of finding something troubling and fixing it. This is a process of practicing the higher vibrations. The longer you focus upon things that feel good to you, the easier it is for you to maintain those vibrational frequencies that feel good. And the more you maintain these good-feeling frequencies, the more the law of attraction will deliver to you other thoughts, experiences, people, and things that match your practice vibration. Since it's your primary intention as you move through your day to find things to appreciate, you're practicing a vibration of less resistance, and you're making your connection to your own source energy stronger. Because the vibration of appreciation is the most powerful connection between the physical you and the non-physical you, this process will also put you in a position to receive even clearer guidance from your inner being. The more you practice appreciation, the less resistance you will have in your own vibrational frequencies. And the less resistance you have, the better your life will be. Also, by practicing this rampage of appreciation, you will become accustomed to the feeling of higher vibrations, so that if you ever revert to an old pattern of conversation that causes resistance in your vibration, you'll notice it early on before the vibration gets too strong. The more you find something to appreciate, the better it feels. The better it feels, the more you want to do it. The more you do it, the better it feels. The better it feels, the more you want to do it. The Law of Attraction assists with the powerful momentum of these positive thoughts and feelings until, with very little time and effort, you'll find your heart singing in your joyous alignment with who you really are. And in this wonderful feeling, vibration, where no resistance exists, you will be in an exaggerated state of allowing. You will be in the vibrational state where the things that you desire can flow easily into your experience. The better it gets, the better it gets. If your vibration is in a close enough proximity to these higher vibrations when you begin the game, and you find yourself easily and quickly soaring into the better feeling places, then continue your rampage of appreciation for as long as you have the time and for as long as it feels good. If you attempt this game and you do not feel good, if you do not feel the momentum picking up as you focus upon one happy thought after another, that is, if the process annoys you in any way, then discontinue it and choose a process with a higher number. Even if you understand nothing about the law of attraction, even if you understand nothing about your connection to your own source energy, practicing this process would cause you to practice the art of allowing without even knowing it. And all things that you've identified as objects of your desire would have to begin flowing into your experience.
When you are in the mode of appreciation, there is no resistance within your vibration, and your own achievement of resistance is the only thing that ever holds you apart from anything that you desire. In the rampage of appreciation, you actually set your vibrational frequency to one of allowing what you've asked for into your experience. You've been asking in every day of your experience, and Source has answered without exception. And now, in your mode of appreciation, you're in the practice of receiving. You're now engaging in the last step of the process of creation. You are letting it in. At first, it would be a good idea to deliberately set aside 10 or 15 minutes a day to specifically do this process. After a few days of enjoying the benefit of deliberately achieving and maintaining a raised vibration, you'll find yourself doing it many times during every day, few seconds here, few seconds there, in a variety of situations, just because it feels so pleasing. For example, while standing in line at the post office, you may think, this is a very nice building. It's great they keep it so clean. I like how friendly that postal worker is. I appreciate the way that mother is interacting with her child. That's a good-looking jacket. My day is really going well. While driving to work, you may think, I love my car. This new freeway is wonderful. Even though it's raining, I'm making very good time. I love how reliable my vehicle is. I'm grateful for my job. You could focus more specifically on any of your objects of appreciation and find even more reasons to feel appreciation. For example, this is a very nice building. There's so much more parking here than at the old post office. There are more counters here, and the line moves much faster than before. The big windows make this room feel much airier. Or, like this new freeway is wonderful. There are no traffic lights to slow me down. I can travel so much faster than before. This drive offers such a beautiful view. Once you become oriented toward looking for things to appreciate, you'll find that your day will be filled with such things. Your thoughts and feelings of appreciation will flow from you naturally, and often, while in the midst of a genuine feeling of appreciation for someone or something, you'll feel ripples of goosebumps. Those sensations are confirming your alignment with your source. Abraham, speak to us more about the rampage of appreciation. Every time you appreciate something, every time you praise something, every time you feel good about something, you're telling the universe, more of this, please. You need never make another verbal statement of this intent, and if you're mostly in a state of appreciation, all good things will flow to you. We're often asked, isn't love a better word than appreciation? Isn't love more descriptive of the non-physical energy? And we say that love and appreciation are really the same vibration. Some use the word gratitude or a feeling of thankfulness, but all of these words are descriptive of well-being. A desire to appreciate is a very good first step, and then as you find more things that you'd like to say thank you about, it quickly gains momentum. And as you want to feel appreciation, you attract something to appreciate. And as you appreciate it, then you attract something else to appreciate, until in time you are experiencing a rampage of appreciation. You cannot control how others feel. As you move through your day, you may see unhappy people who are ornery, disappointed, or in pain, and as they direct their negative emotion toward you, you may find it very difficult to feel appreciation toward them, and then you may blame yourself for not being strong enough to appreciate them in spite of their negative offerings toward you. Well, we would never suggest that you should be able to look right at something you do not want and feel good about it. Instead, look for things that cause you to feel good when you find them, and then the law of attraction will bring you more things like those. Whenever you're looking for things to appreciate, you have control of your own vibrational offering and your own point of attraction. But when you're responding to the way others seem to feel about you, you have no control. 
However, when you are more interested in how you feel than how they feel about you, you do have control of your experience. You do not know who ran over their dog today or who divorced them or who took money out of their bank account. You do not know how they're living, so you cannot understand why they react to you in the way they do, and you cannot control it. Once you've made a decision that nothing is more important than that you feel good, and you've decided that you're going to consciously look for some things to appreciate today, the object of your attention has now become the feeling of appreciation. You have now established a circuit between you and that object of appreciation that the law of attraction will begin working on immediately. So you will start seeing more things to appreciate right away. You cannot feel defensive while feeling appreciative. If you do not understand that the only thing that affects your experience is how you're flowing energy, if you think it's about chance, luck, coincidence, statistics, or the law of averages, then when you see on the news that there's a killer on the loose shooting wildly from his car into your neighborhood, you feel vulnerable because you think that your happiness or your well-being is dependent upon his behavior. But if your well-being is dependent upon his behavior and you cannot control him, you do not even know where he is, you cannot get enough police officers to take care of him, then your vulnerability soars. We want you to feel the value of connecting with non-physical energy, and appreciation is the easiest and fastest way. When your desire to connect with the non-physical energy is sufficient enough, you'll find dozens of ways in every hour to flow your appreciation. You have to come to remember that it makes no difference whatsoever how anybody is flowing back at you. Otherwise, you're going to be defensive. And you cannot be defensive and appreciative at the same time. When you concentrate on appreciating, then appreciation comes right back. But you're really not looking for appreciation to come to you. You want the feeling of it flowing through you. As you move through your day and you become aware of something that you do not want, your desire about what you do want comes into clearer focus. And now, since you've been practicing the rampage of appreciation, you can easily refocus your awareness of what you do not want into your awareness of what you do want. Now, you are the hands-on creator that you've come forth to be. Life is not about tomorrow. It's about right now. Life is about how you're currently molding the energy. Process number two, the magical creation box. When to use this process. When you're in the mood for a pleasing activity that will focus the energy that creates worlds into specific directions of your personal preferences. Or when you want to give the universal manager even more specific information about the details of things that please you. Current emotional set point range. This magical creation box process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, or appreciation, and number five, optimism. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, refer to the insert that was provided with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. If the way you're feeling falls somewhere between number one, joy, and number five, optimism, then this creation box process would be a good one for you to utilize right now. To begin the creation box process, find a nice-looking box, one that's pleasing to you when you see it, on the lid in a conspicuous place that you will easily notice. Write the words, whatever is contained in this box is. Next, gather magazines, catalogs, and brochures and leisurely look through them for the essence of whatever you'd like to include in your experience. Then clip out pictures of anything that exemplifies any desires that you hold, pictures of furniture, clothing, landscaping, buildings, 
travel destinations, vehicles, images of physical characteristics, photos of people interacting with one another. If it feels appealing to you in any way, clip it and drop it into your creation box and say as you drop it in, whatever is contained in this box is. When you are away from your box, continue to gather more pictures and then drop them in when you return home. If you witness something you'd like to experience, write a description of it and drop that into your box. The more things you find for your box, the more the universe will deliver to you other ideas that match them. And the more ideas you drop into your box, the more your desire will be focused. And the more your desire is focused, the more alive you will feel, for this energy flowing through you is what life is. If you have little or no resistance, in other words, if you have no doubt that you can achieve these things, the experience will feel invigorating to you. The more you clip, the better you will feel, and you will begin to see evidence of these things moving closer and closer into your experience. Doors will begin to open to make it possible for many of these things to easily come in right now. The process will help you focus your desires, and so you will consciously amplify step one, which is ask, and now in your absence of resistance, things will begin to happen quickly. If you are usually a good-feeling person who has not established strong habits of feeling unhappy about not having the things you have put into your box, you will experience the immediate positive result of feeling more focused and more excited about life, and the things you have put into your creation box will begin to manifest in your experience right away. In other words, for someone who has not been practicing thoughts of resistance, this process will be all that you will ever need to create a wonderful life. You ask, source answers, you let it in. You ask and it is given. If you are enjoying this process, it is serving you in a powerful way. It's helping you focus upon the things you desire. You're practicing the attainment of a consistent vibration that matches your desires, and you are experiencing deliberate creation. And most important, your good-feeling emotion is telling you that you're in the receiving mode right now. Your attention to this process is helping you maintain the vibrational frequency that's required for you to allow what you're asking for into your experience. You are practicing the art of allowing. Abraham, speak to us more about the magical creation box. Imagine that you're sitting in your chair, and next to your chair is a box, a pretty good-sized box, and you know that you're a creator, and that this box is your creation. It's your world, so to speak, and you're like a giant sitting here on this big chair, and you have the ability to reach out anywhere in this physical universe and pluck whatever you want and drop it into that box. So, you bring a beautiful house, and you put it in a city that pleases you, and you bring a means of income for you, and maybe a means of income for your mate. You bring all the things you like to do, the beautiful things that you find here and there, feelings of elation and feelings of sensuality, and all of these things that you want, and you drop these things into your creation box. You could play this game as a mental game only, but it is so much more fun if you actually get a box and drop in things that represent your desires. You will begin to notice that when you put something in your creation box that does not have a pattern of resistance, the universe will bring it to you right away. The things you drop into the box where you do have patterns of resistance will take more time in coming. When visualizing, you have complete creative control. This process may feel whimsical to you, but it is a powerful process, for it will enhance your ability to visualize. Most people offer most of their vibrational offerings in response to what they're observing, but there's no creative control in that. Your creative control comes only in deliberately offering thought, and when you're visualizing, you have complete control. 
Esther was playing the creation box game as she and Jerry were flying home from New York City to San Antonio one day. And as she was packing and getting ready for the airport, she was mentally dropping things in her box. For example, a beautiful sky, a beautiful clear day. She loves it when they take off from LaGuardia Airport and she can see all the landmarks that she has come to know and recognize. Such a beautiful place, so many bridges and all that shimmering water and all those majestic buildings. She thought about happy flight attendants joyful passengers around her, and lots of fun on the trip. And then she thought, I hope this United Nations meeting doesn't have the freeways all gridlocked. And then Esther said, now that's an odd thing for me to bring to my box. I don't want that in my box. As you deliberately put things into your creation box, you'll be more aware of when you're thinking about something you would not want to experience. Your relationship with this creation box will help you recognize the power your thoughts hold. Another example, Jerry and Esther had been looking for an oriental rug for their home. One day, while on an airplane, Esther was tearing pages out of magazines of all sorts of different things for her creation box, and she tore out a page that had a picture of a beautiful rug. When they arrived home, they had several boxes of mail to organize, and as Esther reached into a box, she took out a postcard from a new rug company in San Antonio, and on the postcard was the very same rug. And she squealed, look how fast this works. That picture had not been in her box 24 hours before a fast and easy means to achieve it was delivered. We want you to feel the fun and the joy of the process. Often when you get something that you've been wanting, your feeling of elation is very short-lived. But this game will give you the opportunity to savor the things that you desire longer. And then the thrill of the manifestation, even though short, will be all the sweeter. Once you begin this process, you will just be knocked over by the effectiveness and efficiency of the enormous non-physical staff that responds to your vibrational request. When you ask, it is given. And as you play with this creation box, you will learn to let it in. Process number three, the creative workshop. When to use this process? When you want to focus upon what is most important to you personally. When you want to be in more deliberate control of the primary areas of your own life. When you want to improve your state of allowing so that even more wonderful things can flow into your experience. Or when you want to practice a positive point of attraction until it becomes a dominant point of attraction. Current emotional set point range. This creative workshop process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, appreciation, and number five, optimism. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, look back at the insert that was included with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Like most of the other processes offered here, this one is most effective when you perform the action in writing, but it can also be valuable to play the game in your mind while driving or walking or anytime you're alone and have a few minutes where it's not likely you'll be disturbed. Begin this creative workshop process with four pieces of paper, and at the top of each sheet, write one of the following headings or categories. My body, my home, my relationships, my work. Now, focus on the first topic, my body. And on your first page, write, this is what I desire regarding my body. Do not work hard on this list. If you cannot think of anything, move on to the next category. Write a short list of things that easily come to your mind that you desire right now about your body. For example, I want to return to my ideal body weight. I want to get a great haircut. I want to find some wonderful new clothes. I want to feel strong and fit. Now, 
Focus on each statement of desire that you've written about your body and write the reasons why you want each of those things. For example, I want to return to my ideal body weight because I feel best when I'm at that weight, because I'll be able to wear some of my favorite clothes, because it will be fun to shop for a new wardrobe. I want to get a great haircut because I want to look good, because a great haircut is much easier to manage. Because when my hair is cut well, it takes less time to look good. I want to find some wonderful new clothes. Because new clothes always make me feel good. Because I like looking good. Because I like people responding to me in a positive way. Because they always give me a fresh outlook. I want to feel strong and fit. Because I love the feeling of stamina. Because I love having the energy to do all of the things I want to do. Because it just feels good to feel good. This creative workshop process will assist you in focusing upon the areas that are the most immediate and important in your life experience. When you identify the four basic subjects of your life, a focusing of energy occurs. When you make more specific statements of desire, you activate the energy around those subjects even more. And when you think about why you want those things, you can usually be softening your resistance around the subject while you're adding even more clarity and power to the thoughts. Why you want something defines the essence of what you want. The universe always delivers to you the vibrational essence of your desire. When you think about why you want something, you usually soften resistance. But when you think about when it will come to you, or how it will come to you, or who will help it come, you often add resistance, especially if you do not already know the answers to those questions. Now complete the other three categories, my home, my relationships, my work. Write a short list of things that easily come to your mind that you desire right now about your home. For example, I want to find some really great furniture. I want to get more organized. I want sliding shelves in the cupboards where I keep my pans. I want beautiful tile in my bathroom. And now write the reasons why you want these things. I want to find some really great furniture. Because it's so much fun to make changes. Because I love entertaining and I want my home to feel good. Because it will be easier to get organized. Because furniture adds so much to a home. I want to get more organized. Because I feel better when things are neat. Because I work better in an uncluttered environment. Because we all get along better when things are in order. Because I can accomplish so much more. I want sliding shelves in the cupboards where I keep my pans. Because it will be much easier to find what I need. Because I'll feel like cooking more often. Because it would be more convenient to put the pans away when I'm done with them. Because it'll make the kitchen feel so much better. I want beautiful tile in my bathroom. Because it will make the room more vibrant. Because it will add value to my home. Because it will be easier to keep clean. Because this tile will make me feel good just to look at it. Write a short list of things that come to your mind easily that you desire right now about your relationship. Choose the relationship that feels the most significant to you right now. I want to spend more time together. I want to have more fun together. I want to eat out together more often. I want to relax more and play more often. I want to spend more time together. Because I'm at my very best when we're together. Because there's no one I'd rather be with. Because we have so many things that are fun to talk about. Because I love this person so much. Or I want to have more fun together. Because that's the first thing we loved about each other. Because I love laughing. Because I love finding even more things to do that are fun. Because having fun feels so good. 
or I want to eat out together more often, because it reminds me of when we first met, because I love the luxury of someone else cooking, because I love relaxing at a nice place and focusing on my partner, because there are so many wonderful things to eat, or I want to relax more and play more often, because we're more playful by nature, because I love the free feeling of just being together to relax, because our best ideas come under these conditions, because it enhances our relationship. Now, write a short list of things that come to your mind easily that you desire right now about your work. I want to make more money. I want to feel excited about what I'm doing. I want to enjoy the people I work with. I want to feel a stronger sense of purpose. Now, I want to make more money because I want to buy a new car, because I feel proud of what I'm accomplishing, because there are so many fun places to go and interesting things to do, because it will feel good to pay off some bills. Now, I want to feel excited about what I'm doing, because work is a big part of my life and being happy there is important, because it feels good to be really interested in what I'm doing, because the day moves quickly when I feel invigorated, because it feels good to feel good. Now, I want to enjoy the people I work with, because they're a big part of my life, because we can be of great value to each other, because every interaction has wonderful potential, because I like to uplift others. Now, I want to feel a stronger sense of purpose, because I want to make a difference, because I love getting a hold of an idea and running with it, because I love the feeling of wanting to go to work, because I love the experience of getting a great new idea. This process will help you get your juices flowing toward focusing energy on the four main topics of your personal experience. We would encourage playing this game once a week for a month or so, and then once a month thereafter. Do not try to write everything you want regarding each of the four topics. Just write the things that are most immediate in your mind. This relaxed and simple process will cause an increased activation of the things that matter most to you, and you will immediately begin to see evidence of increased activity in circumstances and events that are associated with these topics. Abraham, speak to us more about the creative workshop process. Like a magnet, you're attracting thoughts, people, events, lifestyles, everything that you're living. And so, as you see things as they are, you attract more of the same. But as you see things as you would like them to be, you attract them as you would like them to be. This is why the better it gets, the better it gets, or the worse it gets, the worse it gets. People tend to look mostly at what is. The creative workshop process will help you choose what sort of magnet you will be. And so, no longer will you be subject to what others believe, want, or see, for you will be the powerful, deliberate creator of you and your experience. Welcome, little one, to planet Earth. If we were speaking to you on your first day of physical life experience, we would have said to you, Welcome, little one, to planet Earth. There's nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. You are a magnificent creator, and you are here by your powerful and deliberate desire to be here. You have specifically applied the wondrous law of deliberate creation, and by your ability to do that, you are here. Go forth and attract life experience to help you decide what you want. And once you've decided, give thought only to that. Most of your time will be spent collecting data that will help you decide what it is you want, but your real work is to decide what you want and then focus upon it. For it is through focusing upon what you want that you will attract it. That is the process of creating. But we're not talking to you on the first day of your life experience. You've been here for a while, 
And most of you see yourselves not only through your own eyes, in fact, not even primarily through your own eyes, but you see yourselves mostly through the eyes of others. And so many of you are not now currently in the state of being that you want to be. The creative workshop process is one where you can achieve the state of being that you're choosing so that you can consciously access the power of the universe and begin attracting the subject of your desire rather than the subject of what you feel is your reality. From our perspective, there's a great difference between that which now exists, that which you call your reality, and that which your reality really is. Even as you may be sitting there in a body that is not healthy, or in a body that is not the size or shape or vitality that you choose, in a lifestyle that may not be pleasing you, driving a vehicle that perhaps embarrasses you, or interacting with others who may not bring you pleasure, we want to assist you in understanding that while this may seem to be your state of being, it need not be. What we're offering here is the process by which you may spend a little bit of time every day intentionally attracting into your experience good health, vitality, prosperity, and positive interactions with others, all the things that make up your vision of what the perfect life experience for you would be. Another example of a creative workshop. We encourage you to go to your workshop every day, but only for a short period of time. 15 or 20 minutes is enough. It is good if it's a place where you can sit and write, although it can be done in your mind at any place where you're not distracted. But it is not a place where you'll enter an altered state of consciousness. It's not a meditative state. This is a place where you'll go clearly giving thought to what you want, so much so that it stirs positive emotion within you. Go to your workshop with an uplifted, lighthearted feeling. If you're not happy, it's not a good time for your creative workshop. Your work here in this workshop is to assimilate data that you've been collecting from your real-life experience and to bring the data together in a picture that satisfies and pleases you. During your day, no matter what you're doing, as you're going to your job, working around your home, interacting with your family and friends, collect the data on things you like that you may later bring into your workshop. You may see someone who has a joyful personality. Collect that data and bring it into your workshop later. You may see someone driving a vehicle that you would like. Collect that data. You may see an occupation that pleases you. Whatever it is that you're seeing that pleases you, remember it. Even write it down, and then when you go into your workshop, you can begin the assimilation of the data. And as you do so, you will prepare a picture of self that you will begin attracting into your experience. Okay, now here's a broader example of your creative workshop. I like being here, for I recognize the value and power of this time. I feel very good as I'm here, and as I see myself, I see myself as a sort of total package, one that I know is of my own creating, and certainly one of my choosing. I'm full of energy, tireless, really, moving through life experience with no resistance. I see myself gliding about in this picture of self, moving in and out of my car, in and out of buildings, in and out of rooms, in and out of conversations, and in and out of life experiences. I'm flowing effortlessly, comfortably and happily. I see myself attracting only those who are in harmony with my current intent, and I'm becoming more aware of what I desire. When I get into my vehicle and I'm moving to a place, I see myself arriving at that place healthy, refreshed, and on time, and prepared for whatever it is that I'm about to do there. I see myself dressed to perfection in just the manner I choose. And it's nice to know that it does not matter what others are doing, or what others are thinking about what I'm doing. What is important is that I'm pleased with me, and as I see myself in this picture of self, I certainly am. I recognize that I'm unlimited in all facets of my life. I have an unlimited bank account. I'm experiencing no financial limitations. 
I'm making all of my decisions based upon whether I want the experience or not, not based upon whether I can afford it. I know that I'm a magnet attracting whatever level of prosperity, health, or relationships I choose. I choose absolute and continuing abundance, for I understand that there is no limit to the wealth in the universe, and that by my attracting abundance to me, I'm not limiting another. There's enough for everyone. It's not necessarily about putting a big stash away. For whatever I want or need, I can easily bring it to my experience. There's an unlimited supply of money and prosperity of all kinds available to me. I see myself surrounded by others who, like me, desire growth, who are drawn to me by my willingness to allow them to be or do or have whatever they're wanting. I see myself interacting with others, talking, laughing, and enjoying that which is perfect in them while they're enjoying that which is perfect in me. We're appreciating each other. No one is criticizing or noticing unwanted things. I see myself in perfect health, in absolute prosperity, appreciating this physical life experience which I wanted so very much as I decided to be this physical being. It's glorious to be here, making decisions with my physical brain, but accessing the power of the universe through the power of the law of attraction. And it's from this marvelous state of being that I now attract more of the same. It's good. It's fun. I like it very much. And now, my work for this day is done. I'll leave my creative workshop, and I'll set out for the remainder of this day looking for more things that I like. My work is done. As you enter your workshop already feeling good, and then you bring to your workshop specific aspects of life experience that please you, and as you envision these things in greater detail, your life outside of your workshop will begin to reflect the images that you've created within your creative workshop. This is a powerful tool that will help you create the perfect life for yourself. This is the end of CD1. Process number four, virtual reality. When to use this process? When you're feeling good and you want to practice a vibration of allowing. When you find yourself remembering a pleasant experience and you want to extend the feeling longer and even move it into a better feeling place. Or when you have extra time and you wish to spend it in a pleasant way. Current emotional set point range. This virtual reality process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, or appreciation, and number eight, boredom. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert and close with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Remember, you live in a vibrational universe and all things are managed by the law of attraction. And you get what you think about whether you want it or not because whenever you achieve vibrational harmony with something, because you're giving it your attention, the vibrational essence of it will in some way begin to show up in your life experience. So. You could say that the universe responds to your vibrational offering, to your point of attraction, to the thoughts you think, and to the way you feel. The universe is not responding to what has been manifested into your experience, but instead to the vibration that you're now offering. The universe makes no distinction between your actually having a million dollars and your giving thought to having a million dollars. Your point of attraction is about your thoughts, not about your manifestations. This virtual reality process is not one where you try to fix something that's broken. It's one where you deliberately activate a scene in your own mind that causes you to offer a vibration matching the scene you have activated. And as you practice visualizing pleasant scenes in your mind, these good feeling vibrations can then become your new set point. 
Most are presenting the majority of their vibrational offering in response to things, people, and conditions that they're observing. And so the lives of most people continue to unfold very much as they have been, with no significant improvement from day to day. This is because there is not much thought being offered that is much different from what has already been experienced. However, the game of virtual reality will change that, because an application of this process on any subject of your choice will cause your vibration to move far beyond where you're currently standing. Since the universe responds to your vibration and not to what you're living right now, amazing things can now begin to flow into your experience, even though they have never done so before. The thing that we see that most commonly trips you up is that in the contrast, which is necessary and valuable to help you give birth to a rocket of a desire, often there's an activation of many kinds of jumbled energy. Usually, in order for you to know that you want something, you have to pretty well have chewed on details or events that have helped you know what you do not want. In other words, when do you speak most clearly about wanting to be well? Usually when you're less than well, correct? When does your strongest desire for more money really kick into high gear? Most likely when there's not enough money. When you are confused, that's when you want more clarity, right? When you are overwhelmed, isn't that when you want more serenity? And when you are bored, isn't that when you want more stimulation? Remember, the creative workshop process comprises three steps. Number one, ask. That's easy. You do it all the time. Number two, answer the asking. That's not your work. Source Energy does that. And number three, allow. Be in the receiving mode of what you're asking for. It is important that you realize that steps one and three are different. When you're focused upon or praying for something you really want or need, often you're not a vibrational match to the thing you want. Instead, you are a match to the absence of it. When the bills all come at once, there's not enough money to pay them, and you feel frightened and fearful and say, I need more money, or you try to use more positive words such as, I want more money, you're doing step one. You're setting forth your desire, but you're not in step three, so you're holding yourself apart from what you're asking for. You are continually asking. You cannot stop asking. Contrast is evoking the desire from you. Your real work is to find a way to be in the receiving mode. It's similar to wanting to receive a satellite or radio signal. To do so, you have to set your receiver on the same wavelength as a transmitter, or you're going to get static. You're not going to get a clear signal. In like manner, you recognize the alignment of your transmitted and received signals by feeling the alignment of your emotions. In other words, when you are out there in that ragged place where you're feeling frazzled and frustrated or angry and hurt, you are out of alignment. We want you to relax and not be so hard on yourself when you find yourself in a place of negative emotion. Negative emotion is a good thing in that it's letting you know that some tweaking is required in order for you to be in harmony with who you are. If you are really out of sync, in other words, if you can really feel that you're not in a good feeling place, then a more soothing process that we would recommend would be that of meditation. Because when you quiet your mind, you stop thought. And when you stop thought, your vibration automatically rises. Of course, if you can find something to focus upon, something that you can easily appreciate, then the rampage of appreciation process would be an even better one because you can do it under all conditions, no matter where you are. But this process of virtual reality will help you in two specific ways. You will become accustomed to the way non-resistance feels, so you'll recognize when you've moved into a resistant thought at an earlier stage when it's easier to move back out again. And in every moment that you're in your state of non-resistance, the law of attraction will be responding to you in a positive way. Abraham, speak to us more about the virtual reality process.
Virtual reality is a process where you get to choose everything about this moment in time, just like a director in a movie would do. To begin this process, you would first decide where does this scene take place. Choose a location that feels really good to you. It could be a place that you may have visited, heard about, seen in a movie, or even imagined. Is it indoors or outdoors? What time of the day is it? Is it morning, afternoon, or evening? Is the sun just coming up or going down? Is it broad daylight? What does the air feel like? What's the temperature? How are you dressed? Who else is there? Choose something that feels good to you. It does not matter if you're alone or with someone, but it is important that if you choose to bring someone else into your virtual reality, that it feels good to have them there. What kind of mood are you in? Are you laughing? Are you sitting and quietly contemplating? Once you set the scene, you can imagine what you might say to each other. The purpose of this virtual reality process is to cause you to activate vibrations within you that put you in the place of allowing your well-being. So, you would not create a virtual reality where you build your new house with a leaky roof and then bring repair people into your virtual reality to fix the leaky roof. You would not put up ugly wallpaper and then bring someone in to replace it. In your virtual reality, you can make it be precisely the way you want it to be. Do not use this process to try to improve a specific existing situation, because in your attempt to fix something, you will bring the existing vibration into your virtual reality, and in doing so, you will lose the power of the virtual reality process. Nothing is more important than feeling good. There's no reason that well-being is not pouring into your experience in precise detail in response to all the things that you have identified that you want, other than the fact that you're in a bad mood or you're angry or worried about something. This exercise of virtual reality will help you train yourself to feel better more of the time. And like working a muscle, the more you do it, the better it works for you. Esther once practiced this game of virtual reality while she was driving the big bus she and Jerry travel in. She discovered that it worked best for her to get into the scene quickly, bring herself to a place of really feeling good, and then get out. If she stayed too long, she'd get too practical and try to reform people or fix things. But when she would just decide where the good feeling place was going to be by picking something that made her heart sing, deciding who else was going to be there, identifying what kind of a mood they would be in, and then just speaking a few words of dialogue and getting out, it felt wonderful. We would encourage you to play this game when you're driving, standing in a line, or lying in your bed, or you could even just set some time aside to do it. As you create these scenarios that make you feel good, you activate a vibration that does feel good, and then the law of attraction matches that vibration. There is nothing more important than that you feel good, and there is nothing better than creating images that cause you to feel good. When Esther, as she was driving, would think about what the air felt like, sometimes she would give it just a little humidity. Sometimes it would be so dry that it would feel good as it blew across her body. Sometimes it would be 90 degrees with no humidity at all. She thought of every pleasant combination of temperature, humidity, and time of day that she could think of. And then she would bring lovely friends to come and play with her. And they would have all kinds of wonderful experiences. She got so good at virtual reality that she wanted to stay longer. Because when she played this game, she could control everything about everything. Every thought that feels bad is bad. The universe does not know or give attention to why your vibration is what it is in any moment. In other words, the doctors could have diagnosed you as being disease-ridden yesterday, and today you could be driving down the highway like Esther did in some sort of fantasy virtual reality. In that moment, 
there would be no representation of any disease within your body. And if you could maintain that vibration more than you maintain your awareness of the disease, it could not remain in your body. It is only there because somehow, without knowing it, you've chosen thoughts that are a vibrational match to the essence of the disease. Every thought that you've chosen that is a vibrational match to disease feels bad when you think it. It feels like anger, frustration, resentment, blame, guilt, or fear. Those thoughts are not good for you, and you can tell they're not good for you because they feel bad when you think them. In the same way that touching and feeling a hot stove hurts, feeling negative emotion hurts. Something that you lived a long time ago that's not active in your vibration, or something that you lived yesterday that you're not thinking about right now, does not have any vibrational weight in your point of attraction. None whatsoever. So you do not have to rid yourself of all negative thoughts. Sometimes, as you're interacting with others, you will hear, see, or smell something that triggers a vibration within you that does not feel very good as it's activated. And that's the time for you to say, oh, my guidance system is working. I can feel that there's something activated within me that's not serving me very well. Because in the activation of this vibration, there's some resistance within me that's now disallowing the well-being that would be there otherwise. So, that is the time to choose a thought that feels better. And if you have practiced virtual reality, then it will be very easy for you to reach for a thought that feels better. But if you have not been practicing, then when you're in the middle of a negative thought, you do not have anywhere positive to go. So you just have to wait until that thought peters out. Another example of a virtual reality process. The more you practice the process of virtual reality, the more you will be practicing the vibration of no resistance. The more you practice the vibration of no resistance, the better you will feel. And, of course, the things that you want will now easily begin to flow into your experience as well. For example, imagine the following scenario. Place. A lovely, white, sandy beach. It's wintertime, but the weather's delightful. It's 70 degrees with scattered clouds, and the air feels wonderful on my skin. I have no shoes on, so I'm enjoying the feeling of the cool, clean sand under my feet. My clothes are loose-fitting and very comfortable, and I feel very good in my body. And I'm lazily walking down the beach, feeling strong, happy, and secure. My five-year-old granddaughter is with me, and she is loving this glorious day as I am. She's glad to be with me, but she does not seem to need me to entertain her. And I'm enjoying watching her happy, self-empowered activity as she runs, digs in the sand, and enjoys this lovely beach. I'm very glad that we've come to this place. It was a very good choice. My granddaughter runs up to me holding a shell that she's discovered, and with a gleeful sweet voice and bright sparkling eyes, she says, Grandma, I am so happy we're here. Thank you for bringing us here. And I tell her, You're most welcome, sweet girl. I love being here with you. Now this is a good time to get out. Worrisome or thrilling, your visualizations are matched. In Tucson, a dear friend gave Esther a windshield repair kit, and Esther thought, I wonder how it works. She read the instructions and thought, this is a wonderful thing. And every time she picked it up, she thought, what an ingenious thing this is. So she and Jerry were on the road, and in about ten minutes, a truck swiftly passed them, causing a rock to ricochet off the windshield of their motor coach. Almost immediately, Esther got to experience the need for windshield repair that she had been visualizing. No matter whether you worry or rejoice in your virtual reality, you set up a vibration that the law of attraction matches. Someone said to us, Abraham, I have a hard time visualizing. When I think about going to virtual reality, it's just sort of a blank place for me. I, I don't know how to do this. And we said, can you remember events that have happened? 
If you can remember, then you can do virtual reality, because none of that is right here, right now. And as you are remembering, you are recreating it from something. So, visualizing or virtual reality is no different. It is conjuring, but with the singular intention of pleasing yourself as you do so. As you practice this process and stimulate your imagination more, you will not only find the process to be a delightful, good-feeling way to spend some time, you will discover that your dominant vibration on a myriad of subjects is changing, and your life experience will now begin to reflect these wonderful improvements. Process number five, the prosperity game. When to use this process? When you want to expand your ability to imagine. When you want to add more clarity or specificity to your desire. When you want to enhance the flow of money into your experience. Or when you want to enhance the flow of abundance with respect to a variety of things. Current emotional set point range. This prosperity game will be of most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation, and number 16, discouragement. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. In this process, you'll begin by establishing an imaginary checking account. In other words, there'll be no actual bank involved, but you'll make deposit entries and check withdrawals just as if it were an actual account. You could use an old checkbook system that's no longer in use, an accounting program in your computer, or you could even manufacture a complete system by using a notebook as your checkbook register and blank pieces of paper for your deposit slips and checks. It is of value to make this process feel as real to you as possible. Now, on the first day, deposit $1,000 and spend it. In other words, make a $1,000 deposit entry into your checkbook register, then write out checks to spend those dollars. You can spend your money all in one place using one check, or you could spend it for several different things using several different checks. The point of the game is to have fun thinking about what you'd like to purchase and to enjoy the process of actually writing out the checks. Be descriptive on the memo portion of the check. For example, you write for a beautiful writing pen or great running shoes or membership at Gordon's Health Spa. You can spend it all today or save some of it for another day. However, we encourage you to do your best to spend it today because tomorrow you will be making another wonderful deposit. On the second day, deposit $2,000. On the third day, deposit $3,000. On the fourth day, deposit $4,000. When you reach day 50, deposit $50,000. When you reach day 300, deposit $300,000. If you play this game every day for one year, you will have deposited and spent more than $66 million. You will be benefiting by increasing your ability to imagine. In other words, you will discover, as you play the game for a few weeks, that it will begin to take real concentration to spend that much money. And so your ability to imagine will expand tremendously. Most of our physical friends really do not exercise their imagination very much. Most people offer their vibrations almost exclusively in response to what they're observing. But by playing this game, you'll find yourself reaching for new ideas, and in time you'll feel the expansion of your own desire and expectation. In doing so, you will benefit by shifting your point of attraction. You see, the universe is responding to your vibrational offering, not to your current state of being. So if you're giving your attention only to your current state of being, then your future evolves much the same. But if you're giving focused attention to these wonderful expanding ideas that this game evokes from you, the universe now responds to the vibration of those thoughts. 
The universe makes no distinction between the vibration you offer in response to what you're living and the vibration that you offer in response to what you're imagining. So this prosperity game process is a powerful tool for shifting your vibrational point of attraction. You can play the game for a short time, or you can play it for an entire year or more. Whatever you choose is appropriate. It may feel awkward in the beginning, but the longer you play the game, the more expansive your imagination will become. And as your imagination expands and you focus on the spirit of fun and expansion, your point of attraction will shift. By writing the checks, using your imagination, writing the memos, focusing as you write and feeling no resistance as you write the checks because there is no fear of overspending, you will achieve what is necessary in the achievement of anything. You will have made a statement of desire while you are in the state of non-resistance, or better said, in the state of allowing. So, not only will you have the benefit of an expanded imagination, but your point of attraction will shift, and your life experience will then shift as well. Not only will your financial situation improve, but all manner of things that you focused upon with pleasure will begin to flow into your experience. You can start the game or stop it, and you can play it in any way you like. There are no rules. There is nothing that you should or should not do. In other words, pick it up and play with it. Spend as much as you want. But the important thing is, do your best to exercise your imagination. If you were a sculptor on your first day of sculpting, you would not take your big clump of clay and throw it down on the table and say, oh, it didn't turn out right. You would mold it. You would get better at it. You would get more clay. You would get different colored clay. You would find a way to continue to evolve in your creative endeavor. And yet, when it comes to the creation that you mold with the clay of the energy that creates worlds, most of you make no conscious effort to direct your thought. In other words, it is as if somebody else took the clay and threw it down there, and now you spend your life just talking about how it looks. Well, that didn't turn out very good. My parents should have done something different about that. Or, the economy should be doing something different than that. Or, there is injustice, or unfairness, or, I don't like the way somebody else dealt with that. And we say, get your hands in your own clay. Summon the energy through the power of your desire and mold it through the power of your imagination. A friend said to us recently, Abraham, I don't think you care if my lover ever comes to me. I think you want me to get so good at imagining him that I don't notice that he's not here. And we said, that is exactly right. Because when you're imagining that he's here, then in your joy, in that moment, you vibrate in a place where you summon and allow God force, life force, to flow through you. And there is nothing more wonderful than that. And then we said, oh, and by the way, when you get there, he cannot not come. But as long as your desire for him to come is more about your awareness that he has not come, not only can he not come, but the misery that you're feeling in that moment is because you're choosing a vibration that does not allow the energy that your desire is summoning. Joyously playing this prosperity game will not only improve your financial state of being, but every aspect of your life will improve as well. It will not only help you activate more vibrations around things you want, but it will assist you in focusing more of the time in a way that allows the things that you want to flow into your experience. Playing this game will cause you to offer a more expansive, expectant vibration, and it is our promise to you that manifestations will begin to arrive in response to your changed vibration. Process number six, the process of meditation. When do you use this process? When you want relief from resistance, when you want an easier way of immediately raising your vibration, when you want to raise your general level of vibration, or when you want to feel an awareness of your inner being. Current emotional set point range. 
This process of meditation will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point range is somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, or appreciation, and number 22, fear, grief, depression, despair, or powerlessness. In other words, this works for everything. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Any thought that you continue to think is called a belief, and many of your beliefs serve you extremely well. Thoughts that harmonize with the knowledge of your source and thoughts that match the desires that you hold, but some of your beliefs do not serve you well. Thoughts about your own inadequacy or your unworthiness are examples of those kinds of thoughts. Now, with an understanding of the laws of the universe and some willingness to deliberately choose thoughts, you can, in time, replace all hindering beliefs with life-giving beliefs. But here is a process that can give you the immediate benefit of changing your beliefs in a much shorter time. We call this process the process of meditation. We playfully tell our physical friends that the reason we teach the process of meditation is because it's easier for most of you to clear your minds, having no thought, than it is for you to think pure positive thoughts. For when you quiet your mind, you offer no thought, and when you do so, you offer no resistance, and when you have activated no resistant thought, the vibration of your being is high and fast and pure. Imagine a cork bobbing on a body of water that represents the place of high, pure, fast vibration that is actually natural to you. Now imagine holding the cork down under the water. That's what resistance is like. And now imagine letting go of the cork and see it rise back up to the surface of the water. Like the cork naturally floating on the water's surface, it is natural for you to experience the high, fast, pure vibration free of the hindering resistance. And, like the cork, if you're not doing something that holds you down under the water, you'll bob right back up to the surface where you belong. In other words, you do not have to work at being in the high vibration that's natural to you, because it is natural to you. But you do have to stop holding the thoughts that cause you to lower your vibration. It's a matter of no longer giving your attention to things that do not allow your cork to float or do not allow you to vibrate in harmony with who you really are. If you're not focused upon unwanted things that are the opposite of your own pure desire, you will activate no vibration of resistance and you will experience your natural state of thriving and well-being. A decision is the focusing of the vibration of desire, and the decision point happens when the desire is powerful enough. The only discipline that we would like you to exercise is to make a decision that nothing is more important than that you feel good and that you're going to find thoughts that feel better. Your cork floating is the only thing that is worthy of discipline. You could say that the process of meditation is a shortcut to changing your beliefs, for in the absence of thought, there is no resistance within you, and your cork, so to speak, bobs naturally back up to the surface. Now, to begin the process of meditation, sit in a quiet space where you're not likely to be interrupted. Wear comfortable clothing. It does not matter if you sit in a chair or on the floor or, or even lie on your bed, unless you tend to fall asleep when you're doing so. The important thing is that your body be comfortable. Now, close your eyes, relax, and breathe. Slowly draw air into your lungs, and then enjoy the comfortable release of that air. Your personal comfort here is very important. As your mind wanders, gently release any thought, or at least do not encourage it by pondering it further, and refocus upon your breathing. You are, by nature, one who wants to focus, so in the beginning, this process of meditation will feel unnatural, and you will find your mind wanting to return to things you've been focusing on previously. When that happens, relax, breathe again, and try to release the thought. 
You'll find it easier to quiet your mind if you'll choose small thoughts that do not have the potential for expanding into something interesting. You could focus upon your own breathing. You could mentally count your breaths in and out. You could listen to the dripping of a faucet. In choosing the soft, gentle thought, you'll leave behind all thoughts of resistance, and your vibration, like the cork, will naturally rise. This is not a process where you work on your desires, but instead this is one of quieting your mind. As you do so, any resistance will subside, and your state of vibration will rise to its natural, pure state. As you quiet your mind, you may feel a sense of physical detachment. For example, you may feel no real difference between your toe and your nose. Sometimes you'll feel a sensation of twitches and itches beneath your skin, and often, once you have released resistance and are soaring in your natural, pure, high vibration, you will feel an involuntary movement in your body. It may sway slightly from side to side or forward and backward, or your head may roll gently from side to side, or you may simply feel the sensation of movement or of a yawn. But any or all of these sensations or movements are indicators of your achievement of a state of meditation. Your point of attraction will now have changed, and your state of allowing will be in place. Things that you have been asking for, all of which have been given, are now flowing gently into your experience. And as you come out of your state of meditation, this state of allowing will continue until you focus upon something that changes your vibrational frequency. But... With enough practice, those higher frequencies will become so familiar to you that you will be able to reclaim them whenever you choose. Over time, if you meditate regularly, you'll become quite sensitive to the way the higher frequencies feel within your body. In other words, whenever you focus on anything that causes a dip in your vibration, you'll now be more likely to recognize it at the early, subtle stages before the dip is too significant, and you'll easily be able to change your resistant thought in order to maintain your balance. Abraham, speak to us more about meditation. Many teachers, and we are among them, teach meditation as a very good process for raising vibration. An effective meditation would be one that distracts you from any physical awareness that causes resistance within your vibration. For when you turn your attention away from what holds your vibration in a lower place, your vibration will naturally rise. It's like a withdrawal of consciousness, but while you're still awake. When you are asleep, you withdraw consciousness too. But when you slumber, you're not consciously aware of what it feels like to be in that higher vibration. When you are awake and in a state of meditation, you can then consciously recognize what it feels like to be in that higher vibration. And in time, you'll gain a new sensitivity to your vibration so that you will immediately know whenever you're focusing on something that's causing resistance. Sometimes people say, Abraham, is it normal for all hell to break loose in someone's life when they begin the meditation process? And we say yes, because you're bringing yourself to a place of heightened sensitivity so that your formerly achieved patterns of lower vibration are now less comfortable to you. Some other ways to raise your vibration. Now, there are other ways of raising your vibrations than meditation, such as listening to music that makes your heart sing, jogging in a beautiful place, petting your cat, walking your dog, and so on. These are just some of the many pleasant activities that cause a release of resistance and a rise in vibration. Often you're in your highest state of connection to source energy while you're driving your vehicle. That's the reason why there are relatively so few traffic accidents. The rhythm of the road, the distraction from what's been bothering you, and the idea of going someplace new often causes you to leave behind thoughts of things that have been bothering you. Your goal is to release any thought that causes resistance so that you are then in a place of pure, positive thought. It's not a problem if you cannot completely quiet your mind, unless your mind is chattering about negative things. 
If you are softly thinking about pleasant things during meditation, it can be of value. For example, after spending time with a family they adore, Jerry and Esther enjoyed many pleasant hours of thought and conversation about that wonderful day. Any time they wanted a good-feeling moment, they had only to remember something about that day, something one of them said, something one of the children did, the beautiful weather, the delicious food, the invigorating walk through the woods. In other words, it is quite easy to find something that is pure, positive energy. Thinking about your pets can be a good source of positive thought, because animals are so unconditional in their love. Just find any thought that feels good when you think it, and practice it until you begin to set that tone within you, and then other good-feeling thoughts will follow. Another example of the meditation process. So, here's a process that, if we were in your physical shoes, we would utilize. Every day, for 10 or 15 minutes, and not for much more time than that, we would sit quietly by ourselves in some pleasant place where we would not be interrupted. Maybe under a tree, maybe in our vehicle, maybe in the bathroom or garden. We would do our best to shut down our physical senses. In other words, we would draw the curtains if the light was too bright. We would close our eyes. We would choose a quiet place. We would be aware of breathing air into our lungs, and we would be conscious of breathing out. We would concentrate on long breaths in and long breaths out. We would breathe air in, and when we thought it was all our lungs would comfortably hold, we would softly bring still more air in. And then, at a place of full expansion of our lungs, we would take a long, slow, delicious moment to let the air out. Our intention would be nothing more than being in this moment and being consciously aware of our breathing, Nothing to do other than breathe, not fixing breakfast, not combing hair, not wondering how someone is doing, not thinking about yesterday, not worrying about tomorrow, not focusing on anything in this moment except air in and air out. This is a state of allowing where for just a few moments you stop running the show. You stop trying to make anything happen. This is the time when you're saying to your source energy, to your inner being, to your God, or, or whatever you want to call it, here I am in a state of allowing I'm allowing source energy to flow purely through me. Fifteen minutes of effort will change your life because it will allow the energy that is natural to you to flow. You will feel better in the moment, and you will feel more energized when you come out of it. Can fifteen minutes make that much difference? A big benefit that you'll notice right away is that things you've been wanting will begin showing up. Now, why is this? After all, you might say, Abraham, I didn't sit and intend... I didn't sit and set goals. I didn't sit and clarify what I want. I didn't tell the universe what I wanted. Why does 15 minutes of just being set those kind of things in motion? Because you've already been asking, and now during your time of meditation, you have stopped the resistance that's been holding it away. Because of your practiced meditation, you're now allowing your desires to flow into your experience. You cannot be part of this physical environment without endless desires being born within you. And as these desires are being born within you, the universe is answering them. And now, because of 15 minutes of allowing, whether you are petting the cat, practicing your breathing, listening to a waterfall or soothing music, or on a rampage of appreciation, for that time of allowing, you established a vibration that no longer caused resistance to the things you've been asking for. Well, Abraham... If I've been really negative for 50 years, is it going to take me 50 years to turn it around? No, 15 minutes ought to do it. In 15 minutes, I can undo all the disallowing I've learned to do? In 15 minutes, you can allow. You do not have to undo anything. Well, what if I've really developed major habits of negativity? Is 15 minutes going to change that? Probably not. But the next time you go to one of those negative thoughts, you're going to be more aware of it. 
Your guidance system is going to be stimulated so that you'll be aware, probably for the first time in your life, of what you're doing with your non-physical energy. That is so important because everything that happens to you and everything that happens to everyone you know occurs because of the energy that you're summoning and allowing or not allowing. Everything is about that relationship with energy. Everyone you know who is having every experience that you know is having it because of the focused desire that their life has brought to them and the state of allowing or resistance that they're in at any moment. What could I accomplish in 30 days? Do you know that you could have every deadly disease known to man, and some they have not even figured out yet, in your body right now, and tomorrow they could all be gone if from one day to the next you learned how to allow the energy to flow? We're really not encouraging those kind of quantum leaps. They're a little uncomfortable. What we are really encouraging is that every day you be selfish enough to say, nothing is more important than that I feel good, and I'm going to find ways to do so today. I'm going to begin my day by meditating and bringing myself into alignment with my source energy. And as I move through the day, I'm going to look for opportunities to appreciate so that all day long I'll bring myself back into source energy. If there is an opportunity to praise, I'm going to praise. If there is an opportunity to criticize, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and try to meditate. If I feel like criticizing, I'll say, here, kitty, kitty, and I'll pet my cat till that feeling goes away. Within 30 days of mild effort, you can go from being one of the most resistant people on the planet to one of the least resistant people on the planet. And then those who are watching you will be amazed by the number of manifestations that begin to occur in your physical experience. We sort of see you from an aerial view. And it's like you're standing on one side of a closed door, and on the other side are all the things you've been wanting, just leaning up against the door, waiting for you to open it. They've been there from the first moment you ask for them. Your lovers, your perfect bodies, your ideal jobs, all the money that you could ever imagine, all the things that you've ever wanted. Things little and things big, things that you would call extraordinary and significant, and things that you would call not very significant. Everything that you have ever identified, that you have ever wanted, will be lined up right outside your door. And in the moment that you open the door, all things wanted will flow to you. And then we will hold a seminar on how to deal with manifestations of all this stuff that's flowing in. Process number seven, evaluating dreams. When to use this process? When you want to understand why you're having a particular dream, or when you want to understand what your vibrational point of attraction is and what you're in the process of creating even before it manifests into your real-life experience. Current emotional set point range. This process of evaluating dreams will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, or appreciation, and number 22, fear, grief depression, despair, or powerlessness. In other words, no matter how you're feeling, this process will be of value. What you think about and what manifests in your life experience is always a vibrational match. And in the same way, what you think about and what manifests in your dream state is always a vibrational match. Your dominant thoughts always match your manifestations. And so once you understand the absolute correlations between your thoughts how you feel, and what is manifesting in your experience, you can then accurately predict everything that will come into your life. It's nice when you're aware of your thoughts and therefore aware of what you're creating before it manifests, but it's also of value, after something has manifested, to then acknowledge the thoughts that led up to it. In other words, you can make the conscious association between your thoughts, feelings, and manifestations before the manifestation occurs, or 
after the manifestation occurs. Both are helpful. When you dream about something, it's always a match to the thoughts you've been thinking. And so since each of your dreams is, in fact, your creation, it's not possible for you to dream about anything that you've not created through your thoughts. The fact that it has now manifested in your dream state means that you have given it a significant amount of thought. The essence of the way you feel about the things you think about most will eventually manifest in your real life experience. But it takes even less time and attention for it to manifest in your dream state. And for that reason, your dreams can be of immense value in helping you understand what you are in the process of creating in your awake state. If you are in the process of creating something you do not want, it would be easier to change the direction of your thoughts before it manifests than waiting to change your thoughts after it manifests. The process for evaluating dreams is as follows. As you go to bed, consciously acknowledge that your dreams accurately reflect your thoughts. Say to yourself, it is my intention to rest well and to awaken refreshed, and if there's anything important for me to recall from my dream state, I will recall it when I awaken. Then, as you awaken, before you get up, lie there for a few minutes and ask yourself, do I remember anything from my dream state? Although you may be able to recall different aspects of your dream state throughout the day, usually the best chance of recalling your dreams is when you first awaken. And, as you begin to recall one of your dreams, relax and try to remember how you felt during the dream sequence. For recalling your emotions will give even more important information than recalling the details of your dream. You must give significant attention to any subject for it to become powerful enough to manifest in your experience. And quite a bit of attention must also be given to a subject before it will begin to show up in your dream state. For that reason, your more meaningful dreams are always accompanied by strong emotion. The emotion may feel good or bad, but it will always be strong enough so that you will recognize the feeling. How did I feel as that was happening? If you have awakened from a very good-feeling dream, you can be confident that your dominant thoughts surrounding that subject are pointed toward manifestations that you do want. When you awaken from a bad-feeling dream, know that your dominant thoughts are in the process of attracting something that you do not want. However, no matter where you stand in terms of what is manifesting in your experience, you can always make a new decision and change the manifestation to something that is even more pleasing. It is truly more fulfilling to consciously create increasingly satisfying scenarios in your life experience than it is for you to create by default things that you really do not want and then try to turn those around to things that you do want. For once something does manifest, then you have all that observing of the unwanted thing to deal with as well as the habit of thought that brought it about to begin with. As soon as you begin to understand that your dreams are wonderful reflections of how you really feel and what you are creating, then you can begin to deliberately change your thoughts in order to positively affect your dreams. And as soon as you receive the positive dream, you will know that you're on the path of a more positive, real-life manifestation. If you awaken from a bad dream, do not worry. Instead, feel appreciation for your awareness that you have been giving attention to something you do not want. In the same way you appreciate the sensors in your skin that alert you to the fact that you're approaching something that is very hot, appreciate that your emotions have made you aware that your thoughts are approaching something unwanted. Now, you do not create while you're dreaming. Your dream is a manifestation of what you've been thinking during your awake state. However, once you are awake and you're now thinking about or discussing your dream, those thoughts do affect your future creations. It is helpful to keep a written record of your dreams, but it's not necessary to be extremely elaborate in the recording of the details. 
Record the general setting where the dream took place, the basic people who appeared in the dream, what you were doing in the dream, what others were doing in the dream, and, most significantly, how you felt within the dream. You may discover more than one emotion within the dream, but the emotions will not be very different from each other. For example, you would not feel both ecstatic and angry in the same dream, because the vibrational frequency of those two emotions is too extreme to show up in the same dream. So, once you've identified how the dream felt, if you want to do something about changing or enhancing that emotion, you may want to move on to process number 22, moving up the emotional scale. Abraham, speak to us more about evaluating dreams. Dreams can give you a wonderful insight into your current vibrational state of being. Your recall of a dream is your physical translation of blocks of non-physical thought that you have interacted with in your dream state. When you sleep, you re-emerge back into the energy of the non-physical, and you have conversations, not conversations in words, but vibrational ones. Then, as you're awakening, you translate that block of thought back into its physical equivalent. Sometimes, when you've wanted something for a long while, but you do not see any way for it to really happen, you'll experience a dream where it does happen, and then, in the pleasant recollection of the dream, you soften your vibration of resistance, and then your desire can be fulfilled. Many years ago, Jerry and Esther were mutually involved in a business enterprise, but they were not romantically involved. They felt appreciation for one another, but there was not a romantic feeling because neither of them would allow themselves to have that. Each of them, due to circumstances and beliefs, had not even tiptoed into that arena of thought relative to one another. One night, Esther dreamed that Jerry, she saw him clearly, kneeled by her bedside and kissed her on the cheek, very much like the fairy tales that she had heard as a child. And when he touched her on the face with his lips, an extraordinary feeling began surging through her. A feeling of exhilaration, a feeling that all was well, a feeling beyond description. It was a feeling that she had never experienced asleep or otherwise. And when she awakened, she could not stop thinking about that dream. And she could never again think of Jerry in the way that she did before her dream. This dream left a feeling in her that she had not known before. It was so delicious that she tried to dream it again and again, and if she was not able to dream it, then she would just try to remember it. She wanted to recapture the feeling of that dream, and that vibration was the catalyst that brought them together. Esther had been thinking things like, I want to live happily ever after. I want a partner who appreciates me. I want a joyful life experience. As Esther had been thinking those things, even though she was living the lack of much of it, her inner being, hearing her wanting, offered her something visual and sensual, something tangible enough that she could not forget it, and something potent enough that it kept calling her. And as she flowed energy toward it, oh, what a productive segment of time that was. Dreams as sneak previews of your future. Now, if you have things you want, but they're not the things that you have any touchstones about in your own life, for instance, you may want to be well, but you've never been well, or you may want to be prosperous, but you've never been prosperous. Or you want a loving mate, but you have never had a loving mate. Talk to your inner being about what you want and why you want it. And let your inner being offer to you, in your dream state, images that you can flow energy toward, which will cause your vibrational state to be as you want it to be. And then the law of attraction will bring it to you. Your dreams are manifestations of your vibrational point of attraction, so you can evaluate your dreams to determine what you're really doing with your vibration. Your dreams are sort of a sneak preview of that which is to come, so if you evaluate the content of your dream, you can often determine what your point of attraction is, and then, if you do not wish to live out the dream you've been dreaming, you can do something about changing it. 
As a result of what the influence surrounding you has been encouraging you to think, you may be flowing energy toward financial disaster. You may be flowing energy toward a body that will not function well, and so on. As such, your inner being, which is aware that you're projecting sickness into your future, may offer you a dream showing you where you're going. And so you awaken and you say, oh, I don't want that. And then you say, what is it I do want? And why do I want it? And then you start flowing your energy productively toward what you do want, transmuting your energy and thereby changing your future experience. Process number eight, the book of positive aspects. When to use this process? When positive emotion floods through you in response to a positive thought you're focusing upon and you wish to ride the positive good feeling wave longer. When you're aware that a subject that requires your consistent attention does not feel good and you want to improve your vibration on that topic. Or when most subjects that you focus upon feel good to you, but there are a few uncomfortable holdouts that you want to mold into a better feeling place. Current emotional set point range. This book of positive aspects will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, or appreciation, and number ten, frustration, irritation, or impatience. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert and close with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. To begin the process of the book of positive aspects, purchase a notebook that feels good when you hold it in your hands. Choose a pleasing color with a line width that matches your writing style, with paper that allows your favorite pen to glide along comfortably, and which opens comfortably and lies flat. Because of the action that will be involved in this process, not only is an improved degree of focus certain, but with the focus will come an increase in both your clarity and in your feeling of being alive. Now, on the cover of your notebook, write, my book of positive aspects. It would be beneficial to set aside at least 20 minutes for this process on your first day, but after that you could continue in smaller increments of time. However, you may discover the benefits of this process to be so rewarding and the good feelings within the process so satisfying that you may want to spend even more time at it. Next, at the top of the first page of your notebook, write the name or a brief description of someone or something that you always feel good about. It could be the name of your lovable cat, your best friend, or the person you're in love with. It could be the name of your favorite city or restaurant. And as you focus upon the name or title that you've written, ask yourself these questions. What do I like about you? Why do I love you so much? What are your positive aspects? Then, gently and easily, begin writing down the thoughts that come to you in response to your questions. Do not try to force these ideas, but let them flow easily through you onto your paper. Write as long as the thoughts flow, and then read what you have written and enjoy your own words. Now, turn to the next page and write another name or, or title of someone or something that you feel good about, and then repeat the process until your 20 minutes has passed. You may discover, even during the first sitting, that you will have managed to activate within yourself such a powerful vibration of appreciation and well-being that ideas of other names or titles for your book of positive aspects will continue to flow to you. And when they do, take the time, if you can, to enter those titles at the top of other pages in your book. If you feel you have the time to ask the questions, what do I like about you, why do I love you so much, and what are your positive aspects, then do so at that time. If not, Wait until tomorrow when you will begin the process again. 
The more positive aspects you search for, the more you're going to find. And the more positive aspects you find, the more you will search for more. In the process, you will activate within yourself a high vibration of well-being, which matches who you really are, and you will feel wonderful. And even better, this vibration will become so practiced that it will become your dominant vibration, and all aspects of your experience will now begin to reflect this higher vibration. As soon as your notebook is filled, you'll probably find yourself eager to purchase another and another, for there is a true power of focus in the experience of writing, and there is a true power of connecting to your own source energy in the experience of writing things that feel good when you write them. The benefits of this process will be many. You will feel wonderful during the process. Your point of attraction will continue to improve, no matter how good it is now. Your relationship with each subject that you write about will become richer and more satisfying, and the law of attraction will deliver even more wonderful people, places, experiences, and things for you to enjoy. Abraham, speak to us more about the book of positive aspects. Imagine a beautiful city, not a big city, but a perfect city. The traffic flows nicely. There are beautiful points of interest. Living and working in this city is a wonderful experience. As you think about this city, as we have described it to you, you may be thinking, I could live there happily ever after. Oh, but there's one little thing we forgot to mention. There is a very deep pothole on 6th Avenue. Now, if you were to focus on the positive aspects of this city, it is our expectation that if you were to live in this city, you would live happily ever after. Most people have not been introduced to their life by someone who is pointing out the positive aspects of it. Instead, most have been introduced more often by someone saying, watch out for the pothole on 6th Avenue. And so because of the negative orientation that surrounds them, most are consumed by the pothole. Let us say that someone has been declared terminally ill. Her doctor has given her a death sentence, and yet the majority of her body, over 99% of it, is as this magical city. It is functioning well. All the arteries of traffic are working very well. It's just that because of the attention the doctor has given it, she has now given her full attention to the pothole until it will eventually consume her city. Remove your attention from the city's potholes. As I focus upon what I want, I feel good. If I focus upon lack of what I want, I'll feel bad. So let's take it a little further. Can you focus upon more than one thing at a time? You cannot. Can you feel more than one way at a time? Can you feel good and bad at the same time? You cannot. And so, is it not logical, for it certainly falls within the guidelines of the law of attraction, that if you're focusing upon what you do want, you cannot at the same time be focusing upon what you do not want? And if, when you focus upon what you want, you will feel good, and if, when you feel good, you would be in the positive mode of attraction, then would not your most important work be to look for the positive aspects of all things, to look for the parts of all things that are uplifting to you, and to get your attention off the potholes? Sometimes, when first learning about deliberate creation, our physical friends will worry. They're afraid that every negative thought they think is going to reach out into the cosmos and bring some monster into their experience. We want to ease your fear by reminding you that you are living the balance of your thought. So it requires quite a bit of thought about something before it will manifest into your experience. But as a people who have lived in a society that is predominantly oriented toward criticism and to what is wrong, always wanting to face the facts, you have become those, even in your individual thoughts, who predominantly worry rather than predominantly know that all is well. We want to encourage you to give more of your attention to what makes you feel good. Not something so radical that you must control every thought. 
Just make a decision that you'll look for what you want to see. It's not a difficult decision to make, but it can make a big difference in what you bring into your experience. Give attention to what feels good. Something that is reality seems like it deserves your attention. It's true, after all. It's true. Shouldn't I document it? Shouldn't I count it? Shouldn't I make the statistics of it? Shouldn't I tell others about it? Shouldn't I warn my children about it? Shouldn't we beat the drum of these things that we do not want because they're reality and therefore make them more reality? And we ask, why would you do that? Why not look out into the database of creation and selectively sift the realities that you want to replicate and beat those drums? And your answer is never a good enough one. It is, we do it because it's reality. We do it because somebody else did it. If we were standing in your physical shoes, we would not let the reality of something be our basis for attention. We would let the feeling vibration of it be our basis. So we would start saying to anyone who was interested in knowing what we were about, if it feels good, I give it my full attention. If it doesn't, I don't look at it at all. And you know what they'll say to you? You should face reality. So answer back. I do. I do it all the time. I've just become a more selective sifter of the reality that I face because I've begun to discover that whatever reality I'm facing, whatever reality I'm talking about, thinking about, remembering, regurgitating, whatever reality I'm making statistics of, whatever reality I'm holding for very long in my vibration becomes my own reality. And I've become particular about the realities that I replicate in my experience because I've discovered that I can create reality. I can create reality. I can create reality, and I can choose the reality that I'm creating. Oh, we love saying that to you. You are creators, and you can create anything that you want. But there's a better way of saying it. You can and will create anything that you're giving your attention to. Wherever you go, you will be there too. Jerry and Esther had been giving workshops at a hotel in Austin, Texas, which seemed to regularly forget that they were coming, even though contracts had been signed, and Esther had called on the day of arrival to confirm. When they got there, the sweet girl behind the desk always acted surprised. And then there was always a scurry to get things ready for their workshop. Esther said to us, maybe we should find another hotel. And we said, that's one way of going about it. But it is our expectation that wherever you go, you will take yourself with you, for you take your vibrational habits and patterns with you everywhere you go. So we told them to buy a notebook, and across the front of it, in bold letters, write, My Book of Positive Aspects, and then turn to the first page and write, Positive Aspects of South Park Hotel in Austin. So Esther began to write, It is a beautiful facility. It is well situated, very easy access to the interstate, and easy to give directions to. The parking lot is adequate and convenient. Our room is always very clean. There are many sizes of rooms so we can accommodate whatever size group will be attending. And as she made these entries, she found herself wondering why she had ever considered finding a new hotel. In other words, her attention to the positive aspects put her in such a mode of feeling good about this hotel that, it is our knowing, she cannot attract anything that is not good from that hotel. In other words, she took her attention by virtue of her deliberate writing in this book off of the pothole. Is it inspiration or is it motivation? You can look at this in two different ways. If I do such and such, these good things will happen, or if I don't do such and such, these bad things will happen. The first inspires you to action from a positive place. The second motivates you to action from a negative place. 
Your book of positive aspects will put you more and more in the position of attracting by virtue of your inspired positive feeling whatever you desire. Process number nine, scripting. When to use this process? When you're feeling good and want to add specifics to what you're creating in your life experience. When you want the thrill of identifying and writing down things you'd like to experience and then seeing the universe deliver to you the details you described. And when you want to consciously experience the power of your specifically focused thought. Current emotional set point range. This scripting process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number two, passion, and number six, hopefulness. Now, if you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Esther turned on the television one evening and found herself immediately captivated by a movie that was well underway by the time she found it. In this movie, a seemingly unsuccessful scriptwriter was just discovering that his typewriter seemed to be magical. Each day, after he had described the scenes and written the words that the actors would speak, these same things would then come to pass in his own experience. And so, if a situation was not going the way he wanted it to, he went to his typewriter and wrote an improved version, and that scenario would then play out in his life experience. As Esther watched the movie, we said to her, that is really the way it always works. As you focus clearly upon things you desire and hold no contradictory vibration that causes resistance, whatever you desire must be. For when you ask, it is always given. Every time, no exceptions. If something that you desire is not coming, it can only be that you're not allowing it to come because of the thoughts that you practice that are contrary to your own desire. Nothing else prohibits you from realizing every dream. So, this is how the scripting process works. Pretend that you're a writer and that whatever you write will be performed exactly as you write it. Your only job is to describe in detail everything exactly as you want it to be. As you're having fun playing this game and are not taking it too seriously, any of your hindering beliefs are less likely to be activated. In other words, by pretending that your typewriter, word processor, computer, or notebook is magical, and that whatever you write can be realized, you accomplish the two things that are necessary in the achievement of anything. You focus the lens of your desire, and you offer no resistance. This process will help you be more specific about your desires, and with that greater clarity about exactly what you do desire, you'll feel the power of this specific focus. The longer you concentrate on the subject, and the more detail you give to it, the faster the energy moves. And with practice, you can actually feel the momentum of your desire. You can feel the universal forces converging. Often, you will be able to know when you're upon the brink of a breakthrough or a manifestation just by virtue of the way you feel. Because of the whimsical approach of this game, you're less likely to bring to your point of focus thoughts of doubt or disbelief. As you stay light and playful, you'll be able to maintain a specific focus in the absence of resistance, and again, you will have achieved the perfect balance for the creation of anything. If you play the game often and enjoy it when you play it, you will begin to see amazing evidence of the power of the game. Things that you have written will begin to occur in your experience as if you're directing a play upon a stage. And when someone you're interacting with says words to you that you have scripted, you'll be delighted as you recognize the power of your own intent. You are the vibrational writers of the script of your life, and everyone else in the universe is playing the part that you've assigned to them.
You can literally script any life that you desire, and the universe will deliver to you the people, places, and events just as you decide them to be, for you are the creator of your own experience. You have only to decide it and allow it to be. Abraham, speak to us more about scripting. Scripting is one of those processes that we offer to assist you in telling the universe the way you want it to be. If you're already in vibrational harmony with your desire, you know it, because your desire is already a physical reality. But if there's something that you want that has not yet come to fruition, then scripting is a good way to speed it up. Scripting will help you break your habit of talking about things as they are, and will help you to begin talking about how you would like things to be. Scripting will help you offer your vibration deliberately. Script the plot you'd like to live. We would begin by identifying ourselves as the central character. Then we would identify the other main characters in the scenario, and then we would write the plot. It is most effective if you write it, especially in the beginning, because writing is your most powerful point of focus, but you do not have to keep writing it over and over again. One day a woman was practicing one of her scripts with us, and she said, I see two people walking down the beach. We teased her by asking, well, are you one of them? The point we were making was that the whole point of writing the script is to begin to feel life experiences in the way you would like to live them. The purpose of this process is to practice the feeling of the life you'd like to live. The universe does not know or care if what you're vibrating is in response to something that you're living or in response to something that you're imagining. In either case, the universe will deliver it to you. If you regurgitate your script long enough, you begin to accept it as reality. And when you are accepting it in the way you accept reality, the universe believes it and responds in the same way. Process number 10, the placemat process. When to use this process? When you want to more effectively utilize your universal manager. When you want to create your own reality more through the flowing of energy. When you want to create your own reality less through the offering of your own action. When you feel you have too much to do. Or when you want more time to do more things that bring you pleasure. Current emotional set point range. This placemat process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between passion, number two, and number eleven, overwhelmment. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, Review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the Emotional Guidance Scale. As Jerry and Esther's life evolved and as their ideas and projects expanded, Esther began carrying a notebook that contained her list of things she needed to do. The list had evolved to several pages and was comically called Things to Do Today. Well, ten people could not have accomplished this list in only one day. With each new entry to her list, Esther felt heavier and less free. Because of her desire to be of value, and because of her willing nature, she had created a huge sense of responsibility, and her feeling of freedom was being crushed by the weight of it. Sitting in a restaurant and waiting for their meal to be delivered to the table, Esther poured through the pages of her list. Occasionally, she would cross off something already accomplished, and immediately, with each omission, she would think of three more items to add to the list. As a sense of hopelessness washed through her, she asked us, Abraham, what should I do? Take this large paper placemat, we explained, and we will guide you. Draw a line down the center of your placemat, and as a heading on the left side of the line, write, Things I will do today. As a heading on the right side of the line, write, Things I would like the universe to do. 
Now, looking over your long things to do today list, select only those things that you absolutely intend to do this day. Things you feel you must do. Things you really want to do. Select only those things that no matter what you intend to do today. And enter them on the left side of your placemat beneath the heading, Things I Will Do Today. And now, enter all other tasks on the universe's side of your placemat. Esther looked over the list and chose a handful of things that she really did need to do on this day, and she entered them on her side of the placemat. And then she began transferring her long list of the remaining important tasks to the universe's side of the placemat. One by one, she transferred her tasks to the right side of the line, and as each task was transferred, she felt lighter. We explained to Esther that in order to achieve anything, she has only two things to accomplish. She must identify her object of desire, and then she must get out of the way of letting it happen. In other words, ask, and then find a way of achieving a vibration that allows it, because it is always given whenever you ask. As Esther had been poring over her long list of responsible tasks, she was certainly amplifying the asking part of the equation, but her confusion and feelings of overwhelmment were certain emotional indicators that she was not in the vibrational state of allowing in what she had been asking for. During the process of transferring these items to the universe's side of the placemat, her resistance began to soften and her vibration began to lift. And while she did not realize it in that moment, her point of attraction had shifted and she had begun immediately to allow the realization of her desires. What Esther experienced in the next few days left her feeling amazed. Not only was she able to easily accomplish her own short and manageable list, but the items on the universe's side of the placemat were accomplished too, but without requiring Esther's time, attention, or action. People she had been unable to reach by telephone called her. Employees on her staff felt inspired to assist in some way, and they would accomplish something that was on Esther's list and then report it to her after it was done without Esther's attention or request. Time seemed to stretch to allow more to be accomplished, and her timing with people and places and traffic improved dramatically. The placemat process caused Esther to focus her desires more specifically and, for the first time, to release her resistance regarding the same. For when you ask, it is always given, but you do have to let it in. Abraham, speak to us more about the placemat process. Very often, whenever Esther and Jerry are having lunch, Esther gets a big piece of paper from her purse, and then they draw a line right down the middle of the paper. On the left side, they write, Things to do today, Jerry and Esther. And on the right side of the paper, they write, Things to do, Universe. On their side of the page, they write the things they plan to take action on that day. On the other side, they write what they would like the universe to act upon. Esther has always been a big maker of lists. She often has about 10 days' work on her things to do today list. And very often the list has served as an excuse to become overwhelmed. In other words, with so many things to do that she cannot possibly accomplish, the things to do today list has sort of dragged her down. But what she's discovering now is that she only puts on her list what she really intends to do. And in that way, there's very little resistance, even with respect to the things she's going to do. And anything else that she wants to do, whether it is today, a year from today, or ten years from today, she writes on the right side of the list and allows the universe to deal with it. As they left the restaurant one day, Jerry said, Do you want to take that placemat with you? And Esther replied, This is the best part. There's no follow-up. She left the list on the table. She left it there for the universe to deal with. There is no follow-up, you see. 
not anything for her to drag around and hound herself about. And so these are the sorts of things that you're doing there when you understand that there's this constant, steady stream of well-being flowing to you. In the moment that you say, I prefer, or I like, or I appreciate, or I want, the heavens part for you, and the non-physical energies in that instant begin orchestrating the manifestation of your desire. In that instant, faster than you can speak it, the energy begins to flow, and circumstances and events in an orchestration that we cannot begin to describe begin to fall into place in order to give you exactly what you want. And if it were not for your resistance, things would happen really fast. Are you clear about what you want? You do not have to keep telling the universe what you want. You only have to tell the universe once. But the advantage of continuing to talk about it is that you get clearer about it. Usually, you cannot clearly articulate everything you want with your first statement. So the more you talk about it, the more you fine-tune it. But as you say, I want it, the universe begins manifesting it. And then when you say, I would like it to be this way, the universe modifies that. You say, and a little bit of this would be nice, and the universe, you see what we're getting at? And once you're clear about what you want, once you have zeroed in on it, and you know what you want, it is on its way to you. It's done. The manifestation of it will probably follow later, however, because most often there's enough resistance that you will not receive it instantly. This is the end of CD number two. Process number 11, segment intending. When to use this process? When you want your influence to dominate during a particular segment of your day. When you recognize the potential of something not going quite right and you want to make sure it goes the way you want. Or when time or money is especially important to you and you want to make the most of it. Current emotional set point range. This segment intending process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number four, positive expectation and belief, and number 11, overwhelmment. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. It's easier to begin with a fresh, less powerful thought and then focus upon it and cause it to expand than to try to change an already expanded powerful thought. In other words, it's easier to create an improved future experience than it is to change a current existing experience. If you are experiencing a physical condition that has your attention, you are, through your attention to your current condition, projecting it on into your future experience. But by focusing on a different future experience, you're now activating that different experience. And as you project that changed experience into your future, you leave your current experience behind. That is the power of the process of segment intending. It is the process whereby you define the vibrational characteristics of the time segment you're moving into. It's a way of pre-paving your vibrational path, so to speak, for easier and more enjoyable travel. If you're in a bad mood, meaning that there is considerable resistance in your vibrational frequency, then because you do not have access to very different thoughts from where you currently are, you usually project that same vibrational expectation into the segment that you're moving into. For that reason, we encourage the application of segment intending when you're already feeling good. If you're feeling bad in this moment, try one of the other processes in order to improve your current mood and point of attraction. And then, once you're feeling better, you could return to this powerful segment intending process. 
This process will help you be more deliberate about focusing your thoughts. It will help you become more aware of where your thoughts currently are, and it will help you be able to more deliberately choose the thoughts that you offer. In time, it will feel very natural to you to stop for a moment upon entering a new segment and direct your own intent or expectation. You enter a new segment any time your intentions change. If you're washing dishes and the telephone rings, you enter a new segment. When you get into your vehicle, you enter a new segment. When another person walks into the room, you enter a new segment. If you'll take the time to get your thought of expectation started, even before you're inside your new segment, you'll be able to set the tone of the segment more specifically than if you walk into the segment and begin to observe it as it already is. For example, you're cooking dinner and are enjoying the rhythm and flow you've established. Everything's on schedule, and you expect everything to turn out right. The telephone rings. You enter a new segment. You set forth the intention not to answer the telephone. You set forth the intention that your answering device can take the call, and you set forth the intention that you will return the call later when you have time. So, the rhythm and flow of your meal preparation is not disrupted. Your segment changed slightly, but you maintain your balance, and all is well. Or, the telephone rings. You enter a new segment. You remember that you've been expecting an important call, and you do not want to miss it. You set your intentions for the segment to be efficient and brief and to gather the information quickly and politely. And because of the positive flow you already have going, your positive expectation dovetails into that perfectly, so you have prepared the conversation even before you pick up the telephone to comply with your good-feeling intentions. You are actually prepaving your future experiences constantly without even knowing you are doing so. You are continually projecting your expectations into your future experiences. And this segment intending process helps you to consciously consider what you are projecting, and it gives you control of your future segments. You can prepave future experiences that are immediate or experiences that are in your more distant future. And once you have an opportunity to see how your deliberate thought positively impacts your experiences, you will want to do it even more. And like all processes, the more you apply it, the more skilled you become, and the more fun it is, and the more effective your results will be. If the new segment includes something that you have never enjoyed doing, segment intending is not the best process to apply. Of course, it's better than no deliberate intention at all, but when you have an opportunity, it would be of value to apply one of the more heavy-duty processes, like process number 13 to number 22 to this subject. For example, you're going to visit your mother-in-law who you believe has never liked you, or you're on your way to work in a two-person office with someone who annoys you in many ways. Whenever you're setting forth your intentions about how you want to feel and how you would like the segment to unfold, it is always beneficial if, when you find yourself struggling for a positive scenario, that you do not continue the process. Change the subject in your own mind, think about something pleasant, and apply another process later. Abraham, speak to us more about segment intending. You're living in a wonderful physical time. You're living in a highly technological society where you have access to stimulation of thought from all around your world. You benefit from all of this, for it provides you an opportunity for much growth. But you also experience some disadvantages from the stimulation of thought, and the disadvantage comes forth in the form of confusion. For while your ability to focus upon a more narrow subject brings forth clarity, your ability to focus upon many things at once brings confusion. You are receptive beings. Your thought processes are very fast. And as you're considering any one subject, you have the ability, by the power of the law of attraction, to bring forth more and more clarity upon that subject until you can accomplish anything regarding it. 
But because of the availability of so much stimulation of thought, very few of you remain focused upon anything long enough to take it forward very far. Most of you are so distracted by so much thought that you do not have an opportunity to develop any one thought to any great degree. Here is the key to your deliberate creation. The point of this segment intending process is to clearly identify what you want so that you can deliberately begin to set forth the attraction of that which you want. Here's the key to your deliberate creation. See yourself as a magnet, attracting unto you the way you feel at any point in time. When you feel clear and in control, you will attract circumstances of clarity. When you feel happy, you will attract circumstances of happiness. When you feel healthy, you will attract circumstances of health. When you feel prosperous, you will attract circumstances of prosperity. When you feel loved, you will attract circumstances of love. The way you feel is actually your point of attraction. And so, the value of the segment intending process is to encourage you to pause many times during the day to say, this is what I want from this period of my life experience. I want it and I expect it. And as you set forth those powerful words, you become what we call a selective sifter. You attract into your experience what you want. However, the reason why segments are so effective is because although there are many things you want to consider, when you try to consider them all at the same time, you become overwhelmed and confused. The value of your intending segment by segment is that you do not try to chew on so much at any one time. You say, what is it that I want now? If you want many things all at the same time, it adds confusion. But when you only focus upon the specifics of what you want in any particular moment, you bring clarity and power to your creation and, therefore, speed. And that is the point of segment intending, to stop as you're entering a new segment and to identify what it is you most want so that you may give your attention to and, therefore, draw power onto that. Some of you are focused during some segments of your day's experience. But there are very few of you who are focused much of your day. And so an identification of segments and an intent to identify what is most important within those segments will put you in the position of being a deliberate magnetic attractor or creator in each of your segments throughout your day. Not only will you find that you're more productive, but you'll find that you're happier. For as you are deliberately intending and then allowing and receiving, you will find great contentment. You are growth-seeking beings. And as you're moving forward, you are at your happiest. When you're having a feeling of stagnation, you're not at your happiest. An example of a segment intending day. We'd like to guide you through an example of a day where you may be deliberately intending as you're recognizing that you're moving into new segments. Let us say that you have decided to apply this process before going to bed at the end of the day, and you recognize that entering into the sleep state will be a new segment of life experience. And so, as you're lying there on the pillow, getting ready to sleep, set forth the intent of a restful slumber. Set forth the intention of refreshing your physical apparatus and imagine yourself awakening the next day feeling refreshed. As you open your eyes in the morning, recognize that you have now entered into a new segment of life experience and that from the time you remain in bed until the time you remove yourself from it is a segment. Set forth your intent for that time. While I'm lying here, I'm intending to have a clear picture of this day. I'm intending to become exhilarated and excited about this day. And then, as you're lying there, you will begin to feel that refreshment and exuberance about the upcoming day. As you get out of bed, you have now entered into a new segment of life experience. This may be the segment that you are preparing yourself for that day. 
And so as you're brushing your teeth or taking your bath or doing whatever it is you do in this segment, let your intent be to do it efficiently, to enjoy yourself, to have it be an uplifting time that prepares you for the day. As you're preparing breakfast, let your intent be to do it efficiently and to select that which is most nutritiously balanced for your physical apparatus at this point in time. Let your intent be that you will be replenished or refreshed by it, that you will enjoy it. And as you set forth this intention, you will notice that as you're eating, you're feeling more rejuvenated, more replenished, and more refreshed. And you will enjoy the food more than if you had not set forth that intent to do so. As the telephone rings, recognize that you are now about to enter a new segment. And as you pick up the phone, identify who it is, and then clearly set forth your intent before you begin speaking. As you get into your vehicle or as you're traveling to your place of work or wherever it is you're going, let your intent be to travel from one place to another in safety, to feel invigorated and happy as you're moving forth, to be aware of what other drivers are intending or not intending, so that you may move through traffic in a sort of flow, safely and efficiently. When you get out of your vehicle, you have now entered into another new segment. And so, pause for a moment and imagine yourself walking from where you are to where you're intending to go. Seeing yourself feeling good as you walk, intending that you'll move efficiently and safely from point to point, intending to feel the vitality of your apparatus, intending to feel the clarity of your thinking mechanism, and setting forth your vision or your intention for the next segment in which you're about to enter. Imagine greeting the secretary, the employees, or the employer. Imagine seeing yourself as one who uplifts others, having a smile ready, recognizing that everyone you meet is not deliberate in their intending, but knowing that by your deliberate intending, you will be in control of your life experience, and you will not be swept up by their confusion, their intent, or their influence. Of course, your segments will not be just as we've offered, and they will not be the same from day to day. In the beginning, you'll find that you're not so quick to identify your segments as you will be after you've done it for a while. For some, you may find it more efficient and effective to carry a small notebook and physically stop and identify the segment while you write a list of your intentions in your notebook. For as you're writing, you'll find yourself at your strongest point of clarity and at your strongest point of focus. And so, in the beginning of this deliberate segment intending, you may find that the notebook is a very great and valuable asset. As you're moving through such a day, you will feel the power and the momentum of your intentions building. You will find yourself feeling gloriously invincible. You will feel as if there is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have as you're seeing yourself again and again in creative control of your own life experience. Process number 12. Wouldn't it be nice if? When to use this process? When you find yourself leaning toward the negative and therefore offering resistance, and you want to turn it around to something more positive. When you are already feeling good, and you want to focus more specifically on certain areas of your life to make them even better. Or, when you want to gently guide a negative or potentially negative conversation to a more positive place for your benefit, or to gently guide someone else. Current Emotional Set Point Range this wouldn't-it-be-nice-if process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number four, positive expectation or belief, and number 16, discouragement. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. When you say, I want this thing to happen that hasn't happened yet, you're not only activating the vibration of your desire, but you are also activating a vibration of the absence of your desire. So, nothing changes for you. And often, 
Even when you do not speak the second part of the sentence and you say only, I want this to happen, there is an unspoken vibration within you that continues to hold you in a state of not allowing your desire. But when you say, wouldn't it be nice if this desire would come to me, you achieve a different sort of expectation that is much less resistant in nature. Your question to yourself naturally elicits from you a more positive, expectant response. And so, this simple but powerful game will cause a raising of your vibration and an improvement in your point of attraction because it naturally orients you toward the things that you want. The wouldn't it be nice if process will help you let in the things that you've been asking for on all subjects. Wouldn't it be nice if we had the best time we've ever had with these friends? Wouldn't it be nice if the traffic is light and we have a wonderful trip? Wouldn't it be nice if I had a really productive day at work? Or the subject may be to find a wonderful new relationship. For instance, wouldn't it be nice if I found the most spectacular partner who adores me in the same way that I adore him? Wouldn't it be nice if I find someone and we waltz off into the sunset together? Wouldn't it be nice if there's somebody out there who's looking for somebody just like me? The reason the wouldn't it be nice if game is so important and so powerful is because when you say, wouldn't it be nice if, you are choosing something that you want and you're being soft and easy about it. In other words, it's not the end of the world. It's a much softer vibration. For example, let's say if you want to reduce your body weight. Here is a wouldn't it be nice if example for you. Wouldn't it be nice if I stumbled onto something that really worked for me? Wouldn't it be nice if my metabolism began to cooperate with me a little more? Wouldn't it be nice if the desires that I've been holding for a long time sort of came to a peak like a guiding light? Wouldn't it be nice if I could meet someone who's just run across something that really worked for them, which would light a fire in me? Wouldn't it be nice if I could reclaim the body weight I had when I was such and such an age? Wouldn't it be nice if I looked like I did in this picture? Your logic would tell you, hey, I've been at this for a long time. If I knew how to do it, or if I was good at it, I'd have already gotten it done. So you're contradicting your own desire, and so you would hold yourself in that vibration. However, when you're playing wouldn't it be nice if, much of that vibration is diffused. For instance, wouldn't it be nice if my physical body came into alignment with my dream? Wouldn't it be nice if I discovered this to be much easier than it's ever been before? Wouldn't it be nice if I came into energy alignment and everything around me came into vibrational harmony with that? Wouldn't it be nice if the cells of my body cooperate with the metal picture that I'm holding? Wouldn't it be nice if I could feel ease about my body? Wouldn't it be nice if my physical body began responding differently to food? Wouldn't it be nice if I began feeling a greater inspiration to exercise? Wouldn't it be nice if the food-burning characteristics of my body kicked into high gear and this process turned into an easy, almost effortless scenario? Wouldn't it be nice if my ideas about food came into alignment so that I find myself taking such pleasure from foods that are really in vibrational harmony with what my body wants and needs? By softly playing this game, what happens is that you hold yourself in this place of alignment. The other thing you could do is get off that subject altogether and never think about it again. But that is a difficult thing to do because your body sort of goes everywhere you go. In other words, it's hard to get that off your mind. So, since it is hard to get it off your mind, you almost have to force yourself to choose pleasant, wouldn't it be nice if thoughts. One more thing. Do not expect instant results. 
know that it is coming into being in its perfect time. In other words, you've been encouraging, through your thought and behavior, a cellular community, a large part of which you're about to extinguish. And so there is some cellular cooperation that's going to take place. And all cells are willing to cooperate. They're not sacrificing. They're not holding little cellular funerals in advance. There's no mourning going on as in, ah, she's going to kill 25% of us. What is happening is that there's a sort of collective alignment. Your cells are getting ready, you see. And in that preparation and in that readiness, all kinds of things are beginning to come into alignment. Things that you could not orchestrate even if you tried. Your body knows what to do. Your body has come into active agreement and alignment with all of this. So, as you play the gentle, wouldn't it be nice if game, leave the rest of your physical apparatus to the cellular knowing, which means that it's not your job to be the food police. It's not your job to be the exercise police any more than it is your job to decide what cell has to go. Whatever the subject of your desire, there is an orchestration that is being taken care of in response to the wouldn't it be nice if game that you're playing. So whenever you play this game and you trust that everything else will come into alignment, it will. Process number 13. Which thought feels better? When to use this process? When you want to be consciously aware of how you really feel about something right now. Or when you're faced with a decision and you want to go in the best direction possible. Or when you want to determine your current emotional set point. Or when you want to become consciously aware of your emotional guidance system. Current emotional set point range. This process of which thought feels better will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number four, positive expectation or belief, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert and close with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Every subject is really two subjects, something that you desire and the absence of something that you desire. If you do not understand that these are very different vibrational frequencies, then you may believe that you're focused on something that you desire when you may in fact be focused in the opposite direction. Some believe that they're focused on the subject of a healthy body when instead they're focused on the fear of a sick body. Some believe they're thinking about improving their financial situation when instead they're focused on not having enough money. But because the subject is money or health, they believe that any time they're focused upon the subject, they're thinking about what they want. And often, that is not the case. Often people say, I've wanted this for as long as I can remember. Why hasn't it happened yet? Because they were not aware that every subject is really two subjects. What is wanted and the lack of it. For example, they thought that because they were talking about money, they were talking about what they wanted, when instead they were focused on the opposite of what they wanted. Only when you are sensitive to the way you feel do you really know what your vibrational content is. But with some practice, you'll become very adept at always knowing exactly where you're focused. The which thought feels better process will help you consciously identify the vibrational frequency of your current thought. This game is most effectively played when you're alone, because no one else can really know or understand which thoughts feel best to you. Often, when you're interacting with others, you may be confused about whether the thought actually feels better to you or whether you're offering it because you think it's the choice someone else would want you to make. It is important to leave everyone else's ideas, desires, opinions, and beliefs aside while you identify for yourself how you feel. When would you play this game? 
There are limitless possibilities of thoughts that you might think on limitless subjects, but your own life experience and the contrast that you are living will help you identify the subjects on which you may want to focus. This game is especially helpful when something has occurred in your own experience that causes a noticeable amount of negative emotion. Understanding that negative emotion is an indicator of resistance, and further understanding that this resistance is the only thing that holds you apart from the things you really want, you may have decided to do something about releasing some resistance on this newly energized subject. A which thought feels better game example. This process works best if you can sit for a few minutes and write your thoughts on paper. In time, when you've played the game sufficiently, you will find success with it just by rolling the thoughts across your mind. But writing them down onto paper causes a much more powerful point of focus, which makes it easier for you to feel the direction of your chosen thought. To begin, first, write a brief statement of how you feel about the subject right now. You could describe what has happened, but what is most important is that you describe how you feel. Next, write another statement that amplifies exactly how you feel. This helps you more easily recognize any improvement as you move through the process. For example, you've just had an argument with your daughter because she makes no effort to help around the house. She does not even take care of her personal things and her own room is a terrible mess. She seems to hold no regard for the effort you're making to maintain an orderly environment. Not only does she not try to help, but it seems that she deliberately tries to hinder you. So, you write. She, or write your daughter's name, is deliberately trying to make my life difficult. She doesn't care about me at all. She doesn't even come close to doing her share of the work. Once you've made a few statements that indicate how you really feel right now, make this statement to yourself. I'm going to reach for some thoughts about this subject that feel a little better. Now, once you've written each thought, evaluate whether it feels better, the same, or worse than when you initially began. So, you write. She never listens to me. Same. I want her to be more responsible. Same. I shouldn't have to pick up after her. Same. I should have taught her better. Worse. I wish your father would support me more. Worse. A clean house is important to me. Slightly better. I know she has a lot on her mind. Better. I remember what it's like to be a teenager. Better. I remember when she was a sweet little girl. Better. I wish she were still that sweet little girl. Worse. Well, I don't know what to do about this. Worse. Well, I don't have to figure it all out today. Better. There's so many things about her that I adore. Better. I know there's more to life than a clean house. Better. It should be okay that I want a clean house. Worse. It's all right that I want my house to be clean. Better. It's fine that she doesn't care about that now. Better. Remember, there are no right and wrong answers here, and no one else can really know which of your thoughts bring better or worse feelings to you. The value of this process is that you will become aware of how your thoughts feel, and you'll become more adept at choosing better-feeling thoughts. Many would ask, but what good would it be to feel better about my daughter's sloppy habits? My thoughts won't change her behavior. We want to say to you that your thoughts change the behavior of everyone and everything who has anything to do with you. For your thoughts absolutely equal your point of attraction. And the better you feel, the more that everything and everyone around you improves. In the moment that you find an improved feeling, conditions and circumstances change to match your feeling. 
the which thought feels better game will help you begin to realize the power that your own thoughts have to influence everything around you. Abraham, speak to us more about the process of which thought feels better. Will I ever stop reaching for something better? No. And when you take the limitations of time or dollars out of the equation and you trust that the universe will conspire to satisfy every idea you can conjure up, then you let your ideas rip. But as long as you feel limitations, then you keep trying to rein them in and rein them in and rein them in. Perhaps you may say, well, our current circumstances really don't allow us the money to do all this stuff that we want to do. We want to remodel our kitchen, and our decisions about not going into great debt about it are very clear decisions that we don't want to violate. So, what do we do with these exploding ideas? And we say, does every one of them have to manifest right now? Or can you begin to take pleasure from the idea itself? Can you say, well, if not right now, then soon, we will do this and this and this? And so you can begin to take pleasure from the growing of the idea. But when you put yourself on a schedule where there's a deadline, then very often the shortage of time or money looms up and contradicts the energy, making you miserable. It also makes you wish that you had never broached the idea to begin with. But then you can say, hmm, there's a lifetime of kitchens before us, and for now, we're most pleased with the manifestation of this and what ideas we are conjuring for the future. And then, one day, you might move into a new home, shop, that it already has all of the things within it that you've been conjuring. And it will come when you have enough money and you have enough time. In other words, the universe will line it up in response to the ideas that you're giving birth to and freely letting flow. There's no right or wrong in this. A good way to approach all this is, if the desire feels good to you, everything is going great. If the desire is uncomfortable, it means that you have a desire that's raging out there ahead of your belief, but then you can soothe that by saying, we don't have to do it right this red-hot minute. We'll just hold this as a future idea. We're not going to shut the idea down because we know it's a good one. It's not a perfect match for where we are right now, but someday that will be a part of it. For now, this is quite satisfying. Which thought feels better? To have it right now and go into debt? Or to say, oh, this is something we have to look forward to? Jerry and Esther go through this all the time because Esther wants everything and she wants it right now. And there is no earthly reason why she should not have it right now, except that she's married to a saverer. He's not afraid that he'll run out of money. He's afraid he'll run out of ideas. In other words, he does not want to eat up the ideas too fast. He wants to milk each one for everything he can get out of it. And Esther just wants to skip across the top. Esther eats the point of the pie first, while Jerry saves it till the last bite. But Esther worries that by the time she gets to the last bite, she will not want it anymore, so she eats it first. So... Both Esther and Jerry find their own way. There's no right or wrong formula there. We would say to Jerry that he will never run out of ideas, so he can skip across the top of them if he wants. And then he would say to us, but I love getting my doing into the involvement of it. The more intimately involved I am in my creations, the more satisfaction I'm receiving from them. So we say, then that is the right way for you. There is no right or wrong in this. Which feels better? Which feels better? Which thought feels better, to go into debt or to wait until later? To wait until later. Which thought feels better, to say that you've settled for less, or to say that this is part of your future experience? To say that this is part of my future experience. Which thought feels better, to be mad at yourself that your kitchen is not as modern as it can be, or to acknowledge that it is a perfect kitchen for now, and that it will always be growing, just like you will always be growing? Which thought feels better? Which feels better, to appreciate or to condemn?
Which feels better, to applaud what you have done or to feel critical that you did not do enough? Think about it. Which thought feels better? Process number 14, the process of clearing clutter for clarity. When to use this process? When you're feeling stress due to your disorganization. Or when you feel you're spending too much time looking for items. Or when you find yourself avoiding your home because you feel better elsewhere. Or when you feel that there's not enough time to do all you need to do. Current emotional set point range. This clearing clutter for clarity process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number four, positive expectation or belief, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. A cluttered environment can cause a cluttered point of attraction. If you're surrounded by unfinished work, unanswered letters, incomplete projects, unpaid bills, unattended to tasks, unsorted piles of paperwork, and stray magazines, catalogs, and all manner of miscellaneous items, they can negatively affect your life experience. Because everything carries its own vibration, and because you develop a vibrational relationship with everything in your life, your personal belongings do have an impact on the way you feel and on your point of attraction. There are two major hindrances to clearing away clutter. First, you may remember throwing something away only to discover soon after that you really did need it after all. So now you're reluctant to throw anything away. And second, you realize that to really do a good job of getting organized would take far more time than you have to give to the project. For every time you have ever attempted to get organized, you have become bogged down in the sorting process and have ended up leaving an even bigger mess than when you began. The clearing clutter for clarity process eliminates those hindrances because it is a sorting procedure that can be done extremely quickly without the possibility of discarding valuable things that you may need later on. To begin the process, obtain several sturdy cardboard boxes with lids. Banker boxes work well for this. It's best if they're the same size and color. That way they'll stack neatly and look attractive. We would suggest that you begin with a minimum of 20 boxes, but you may want to obtain more as you discover the productive power of this process. Also, procure a package of alphabetized index cards and a handheld voice recorder. First, assemble the boxes and put five or six of them in the middle of the room that you wish to organize. Next, number each box with its own unique number from 1 to 20 and so on. Now, look around the room. Focus on an item and ask yourself, is this item important to my immediate experience? If the answer is yes, leave it where it is. If the answer is no, put it in one of the boxes. Then pick up another item and continue the process as you focus upon each item in the room. A great advantage of this process is that you'll not be doing a great deal of sorting right now. This really is a process whereby you simply remove the clutter from your environment. As you put the item into the box, speak into the recorder. For example, unopened package of guitar strings, box number one, or old cell phone, box number one. With five or six boxes open at the same time, you could do a general sorting. In other words, all magazines could go into the same box, clothing items in their same box, small miscellaneous items in the same box. But do not get carried away with the sorting process. Just pick up the item, determine if it's necessary to your immediate experience, and if not, Put it in a box and speak into the recorder what the item was and which box you put it in. 
And at a later time, you can take an hour or so and transfer the information from the recorder onto alphabetized index cards. In other words, under A, you could write abalone shell. Under B, write bathing suit. Under C, write cell phone. Because you're not thoroughly sorting, this process will go very fast. You'll find yourself feeling better as your space becomes less cluttered, and you will not experience your usual worry that you will not be able to find something because you'll have made a record of exactly where everything is. Now, find a wall somewhere in your house or garage where these neat boxes can be placed and be confident that you can retrieve anything that's important. If you do need the unopened guitar strings, your alphabetical card file will tell you which box you put them in. After a few weeks, when you realize that you have not needed anything from box number three, for example, you could then move that box out of the house, maybe to some outside storage facility, or you may even be willing to discard its contents, leaving box number three available for new clutter that may arise. And as you continue the process, you'll begin to relax in the knowledge that you now have control of your environment. Sometimes people will tell us they're not bothered by clutter, so we tell them that this process is then unnecessary for them. However, since every piece of everything does carry a vibration, almost everyone does feel better in an uncluttered environment. Abraham, speak to us more about clearing clutter for clarity. Physical beings have a habit of gathering stuff around them. Most of you gather this stuff because it's the way you keep score. It's the way you fill time. In other words, you live in a physical world, and physical manifestation has become important to you. But then you get buried in the details of your manifestation. Most of you spend much of your time just looking for things. And it's not only because you have too many things to sort through, but it's also because the gathering of the stuff is contrary to the freedom that is inherent within all of you. We've talked of the feeling of sadness that feels empty. People often try to fill that feeling of emptiness with stuff. They buy one more thing and bring it home, or they eat something. In other words, there are lots of creative ways in which you've tried to fill that void. And so it's been our encouragement to some, discard everything from your experience that is not essential to your now. If you could just go through and release those things that you're not wearing, release those things that you're not using, release them and leave your experience in a clearer place, then the things that are more in harmony with who you are now will more easily flow into your experience. You all have the capacity for attraction, and when your process is clogged with stuff that you no longer want, the new attraction is slower, and then you end up with a feeling of frustration or overwhelmment. Imagine yourself in a clutter-free environment. Jerry and Esther have been commenting recently that as energy is moving faster, their ideas are also coming into fruition much more quickly, which means that they are buried in stuff. In other words, stuff is coming to them very fast, all kinds of stuff. And then it has to be dealt with, and it has to be sorted or filed or read or discarded. Something has to be done with it. Never before has it been more important to get a picture in your mind's eye of your living space. So imagine yourself in an environment of great clarity, a space with immense order. And imagine yourself knowing where everything is. Imagine organizing it in a way that it is very comfortable. In other words, just imagine. That's what you're shooting for here, the feeling of relief. Esther, every now and again, will get a mental picture of her mother. Her mother worked full-time all of Esther's childhood, and they had a very large property. Her mother did most of the mowing of the huge lawn, and in those days there were no riding mowers, at least they had never seen one. But Esther remembers her mother mowing. And then the part that Esther remembers most is that once the lawn was all mowed and the sprinkler had been set to water it, her mother would sit on the porch and just take it all in. 
and Esther would sit next to her mother and smell the freshly mown grass, and there was an overwhelming feeling of contentment that she was picking up on from her mother. The day the lawn was mowed was always a happy day for Esther because there was something so satisfying that her mother felt once it was all done and she was sitting and taking it all in. Similarly, Jerry and Esther often feel this at the end of one of their workshops. It feels so good. It's like a job well done. It is as if everything is falling into alignment. So what you want to do is, in advance, find that feeling place. And if you do so and the energy lines up, then the clarity and ideas and help will all come into making the physical reality fall into place for you. In only an hour or two, you can box up the clutter from a room if you're just taking one thing at a time and putting it into a box. And since you've itemized where everything is, because it is all on your voice recorder, then some evening when you're doing something that does not require too much attention, you can listen to your recording. And with a small card file, you can indicate that the bathing suit is in box number one, so that if you ever need it, you can find the index card, and it will tell you which box it is in. The power of this clearing clutter for clarity process is that you can do it very quickly. And there will be less resistance in it, because everything that you want will be at your fingertips. In other words, you'll have a record of where every bit of it is. What we have noticed with the majority of people who have applied this system is that once they put something in the box, it's rarely something they ever need again. So after you realize that you have had some item boxed up for a year or two and have not needed it at all, now you may feel freer to donate it to someone or to discard it in some way. But meanwhile, your life has been free of clutter and therefore free of that resistance for that entire period of time. Process number 15, the wallet process. When to use this process? When you want to attract more money into your experience? Or when you want to improve the way you currently feel about money in order to allow even more to flow into your life? Or when you want to get your juices flowing regarding your specific desire? Or when you feel there's a shortage of money in your life? Current emotional set point range. This wallet process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 6, hopefulness, and number 16, discouragement. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Perhaps there are no more practiced vibrations in your culture than those related to the subject of money, for many see it as the means through which a good deal of their physical well-being flows. Many people, however, without realizing it, are focused upon the lack of money rather than the presence of money in their experience. So, even though they often identify things that they desire, they hold themselves apart from their own desires because they're more accustomed to noticing the lack of dollars than the presence of them. Again, it comes back to the fact that every subject is really two subjects, what is wanted and the lack of it. It's natural for all manner of abundance to flow easily into your experience, and the wallet process will help you offer a vibration that is compatible with the receiving of money instead of pushing it away. Here's the process. First, obtain a $100 bill and put it in your wallet or purse. Keep it with you at all times, and whenever you hold your wallet or purse, remember that your $100 bill is there. Feel pleased that it's there, and remind yourself often of the added sense of security that it brings you. Now, as you move through your day, take note of the many things that you could purchase with that $100. As you pass a nice restaurant, notice that if you really wanted to, you could stop in and have a delicious meal. As you see something in a department store, remind yourself that if you really wanted to, you could purchase that because you have $100 in your wallet. 
By holding the $100 bill and not spending it right away, you receive the vibrational advantage of it every time you even think about it. In other words, if you were to remember your $100 and spend it on the first thing that you noticed, you would receive the benefit of really feeling your financial well-being only once. But if you mentally spent that $100 20 or 30 times in that day, you will have received the vibrational feeling advantage of having spent two or $3,000. Each time you acknowledge that you have the power right there in your wallet to purchase this or do that, over and over again you add to your sense of financial well-being so your point of attraction begins to shift. You see, you do not have to actually be abundant in order to attract abundance, but you do have to feel abundant. A clearer way of saying that is that any feeling of lack of abundance causes a resistance that does not allow abundance. So, by mentally spending this money again and again, you practice the vibration of well-being, of security, of abundance, and of financial security. And the universe responds to the vibration you have achieved by matching it with manifested abundance. Seemingly magical things will begin to occur as soon as you achieve that wonderful feeling of financial abundance. The money that you're currently earning will seem to go further. Unexpected amounts of money in various increments will begin to show up in your experience. Your employer will feel inspired to give you a raise. Some product you've purchased will offer you a rebate. People you do not even now know will begin to offer you money. You will discover that things you wanted things that you would have been willing to spend your dollars to have will come to you even without an expenditure of money. You will be offered opportunities to be able to earn all the abundance that you can believe is possible. In time, it will feel as if a floodgate of abundance has opened, and you'll find yourself wondering where all that abundance had been hiding all along. I could have that. I could have that. I have the ability to purchase that. And because you really do have the means to do just that, because you're not pretending something that is not, there is now no hindering doubt or disbelief muddying the waters of your financial flow. This is a simple but powerful process, and it will change your financial point of attraction. As your financial situation improves, your $100 stash or savings may grow to $1,000, then to $10,000, then to $100,000 and more. Although there is no limit to what the universe will yield to you, you have to feel good about money in order to allow it into your experience. You have to feel good about great abundance before you will allow the pleasure of great abundance to flow into your experience. Abraham, speak to us more about the wallet process. Remember, you're on this sort of teeter-totter of balance, so you do not have to stop all thoughts of shortage because they are going to creep in. The influences around you. All you have to do is deliberately offer more thought to tipping the energies on the side of abundance, offer more deliberate thought, add more conscious use of the non-physical energy toward the prosperity you want. And so, while you're moving through your day, noticing how many things you could spend $100 on, you are deliberately utilizing the non-physical energy to enhance your feeling of prosperity. Someone once said, Abraham, you obviously haven't been physical lately, for $100 won't go very far. And we said, you missed the point. You spend $100 1,000 times a day, and you've spent the equivalent of $100,000. And that will bolster your feeling of prosperity, you see. It's the way you feel that's your point of attraction. Someone said to us, well, I haven't actually put the $100 in my wallet. I put an IOU in there, though. And we said, then you must not believe in your own IOU, because it is not fostering the feeling of prosperity. The IOU feels to you like another debt that you're carrying around. The wallet process is another means of giving deliberate attention to what makes you feel good. Process number 16, pivoting. 
when to use this process. When you are aware that the statement you just made is the opposite of what you want to attract into your experience, or when you want to establish an improved point of attraction, or when you're feeling fairly good but know that you could feel even better and you're willing to take the time to make that happen right now. Current emotional set point range. This pivoting process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 8, boredom, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. It's possible to be focused in vibrational opposition to what you really desire without knowing you are. It's like the opposite ends of a stick. When you pick up a stick, you pick up both ends. This pivoting process will help you be more aware of which end of your stick you're currently activating, the end that's about what you want or the end that is about the absence of what you want. The contrast of your time-space reality is extremely useful, for contrast helps you focus your thoughts. Whenever you know what you do not want, you also know even more clearly what you do want. And whenever you know what you do want, you also know even more clearly what you do not want. And so your exposure to contrast sharpens your focus and gives birth to new preferences and desires. In fact, this valuable contrast assures the eternal expansion of all that is. The process of pivoting is often the first step in beginning to shift your habit of vibration, because this is a process that helps you more clearly define exactly what you desire. But because there is usually a wide variance in the vibration on one end of the stick and the vibration on the other end of the stick, you usually do not immediately shift your vibration just by making a statement of desire. For example, when you're sick, you know very clearly that you want to be well. Or when you do not have enough money, you know very clearly that you want more money. Now, by turning your attention to what you do want, and by holding your attention upon what you do want, you will begin to vibrate there. At first, your awareness of what you do not want helps you identify what you do want. In other words, as you speak the words of your desire, your vibration may not match your words, but if you will continue the process of pivoting, that is, if whenever you feel negative emotion, which helps you know that you're focused upon something unwanted, you will stop and say, I know what I don't want, so what is it that I do want? Then in time you will change your vibration on the subject. Little by little you will redirect your vibration and eventually the improved vibration will become your dominant thought. See the process of pivoting as a gradual shifting of your point of attraction and enjoy the positive results that must follow. It is not possible for you to consistently give your attention to what you do want and not receive it. For the law of attraction guarantees that whatever you're predominantly focused upon will flow into your experience. Abraham, speak to us more about the pivoting process. The most important thing to remember is that you are the attractor of your experience and that you are attracting it by virtue of the thoughts that you're offering. Thoughts are magnetic, and as you think a thought, it will attract another and another and another until eventually you will have physical manifestation of the vibrational essence of whatever has been the subject of your thoughts. If you've ever experienced, and we know you have, that which you would consider to be negative emotion, you may describe it as fear, doubt, frustration, or loneliness. There are many ways that you describe negative emotion. What you are experiencing in that negative emotion is the thinking of a thought that does not vibrate at a frequency that is in harmony with where or who your own inner being is. You see, through all your life experiences, physical and non-physical, your inner being, or the total you, has come to a place of knowing and to a place of wanting. And so, when you are in this physical body, consciously focused upon a thought that does not harmonize with that which your inner being has come to know, 
then the resultant feeling within you is one of negative emotion. If you were to sit on your foot and cut off the circulation of the flow of blood, or if you were to put a tourniquet around your neck and restrict the flow of oxygen, you would see immediate evidence of this restriction. And in like manner, when you think thoughts that are not in harmony with your greater knowing, the flow of life force, the energy that comes from your inner being into your physical apparatus, is stifled or restricted. And the result is that you experience negative emotion. And if you would allow it to continue over a longer period of time, you would receive negative deterioration of your physical apparatus. That's why we say that all illness is a result of the allowance of negative emotion. As you're understanding that a feeling of negative energy is an indicator that you're not in harmony with your greater knowing, many of you have reached the point of saying, I want to feel good more of the time. And we say, that is a magnificent acknowledgement. Because when you're saying, I want to feel good, what you're really saying is, I want to be in the place of positive attraction, or I want to be in a place where the thoughts that I'm thinking as I'm feeling good are in harmony with my greater awareness. Pivot from what is unwanted to what is wanted. Many of you would not have such a difficult time feeling good if you were in an environment where there was not so much negative influence around you. That was certainly true on the day that you emerged into this physical body. But since you live in a dimension where there is much influence of thought that is abounding, it is of value for you to have some processes to assist you in getting from that place where you do not want to be to the place where you do want to be, and the process of pivoting is just such a process. When you're feeling negative emotion, you're in a very good position to identify what you want, because never are you more clear about what you do want than when you are experiencing what you do not want. And so, if you'll stop in that moment and say, something is important here, otherwise I would not be feeling this negative emotion, I need to focus on what I want, and then turn your attention to what it is you want, in the moment of turning your attention, the negative emotion and negative attraction will stop. And in the moment the negative attraction stops, the positive attraction will begin, and your feelings will change from not feeling good to feeling good. That is the process of pivoting. You will never be in a place where there is only the pureness of positive emotion or the pureness of positive energy because within everything that you want, there is an automatic and natural counterbalance that is the lack of what you want. And so your work is to define what it is you want and then to, in a very deliberate way, hold your thoughts in the direction of your desires. And the emotional guidance that comes forth from your inner being that you feel in terms of negative or positive emotion will assist you in knowing which side of the equation you're on. Are you thinking of what you want or the lack of it? A young father called and said, Abraham, my son is wetting the bed and he's too big for that. I've tried everything I know and I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. And we said, when you come into the bedroom in the morning, what happens? And he said, I come in and right away I know it's happened again. I can tell by the odor in the room. And we said, and how do you feel at that point? And he said, I feel disappointed. And then angry, and then frustrated, because it just keeps going on, and I don't know what to do about it. And we said, aha, you are perpetuating the bedwetting. He asked, well, what should I do? And we said, what do you say to your little boy? And he said, I tell him to get out of those wet clothes and get into the bathtub. I tell him he's too big for this. We've talked about it before. And we said, when you enter the room and feel the negative emotion as you realize that what you do not want has occurred again, Stop and ask yourself what it is you do want and get your thoughts focused upon that before you go further into the experience of your little one. And you will then see improvement in what happens. So we asked this father what this experience had helped him recognize about what he wanted. He said, 
I want my little one to wake up happy and dry and proud of himself and not embarrassed. We said, good. As you're thinking those sorts of thoughts, then what is oozing out of you will be in harmony with what you want, not out of harmony. And you will be more positively, powerfully influencing your little one also. And then words will come out of you such as, oh, this is part of growing up. All of us have been through this, and you're growing up very fast. Now, get out of those wet clothes and get in the bathtub. This young father called very soon after that, within a few weeks, and said that the bedwetting had stopped. You see, it is really so simple. When you feel bad, you're in the process of attracting something that will not please you. And it's always because you're focused upon the lack of something you want. And so, the process of pivoting is the conscious decision to identify what it is you do want. We do not want to imply that the feeling of negative emotion is a bad thing, because very often in the feeling of negative emotion, you're alerted to the fact that you're in the process of negatively attracting. And so, it's like a warning bell. It is part of your guidance system. We encourage you very strongly not to beat up on yourself when you recognize that you're feeling negative emotion. But as soon as you can, stop and say, I'm feeling some negative emotion, which means that I'm in the process of attracting what I don't want. What is it that I do want? A very simple process of pivoting would be to say, I want to feel good. Anytime you're feeling bad, stop and say, what I want is to feel good. And if you will offer that, then thoughts will begin to come to you on the positive side of the equation. And as one thought attracts another, attracts another, and attracts another, you will very soon be vibrating at the frequency that is in harmony with your greater knowing. And then you will really be rolling in terms of positive creation. Thoughts connect to thoughts which connect to thoughts. Our friend Jerry has offered us the most powerful analogy for the way your thoughts connect to one another. He described a large ship coming into the dock. It was to be tied with a rope that was very large, almost one foot in diameter, too big and bulky to throw across the expanse of water. And so instead, a small ball of twine was tossed across, which was spliced into a little bigger rope, which was spliced into a little bigger rope, which was spliced into a little bigger rope, until eventually the very large rope was easily pulled across the big expanse of water. And this is the way your thoughts dovetail into one another, with one connecting to another. On some subjects, because you've been pulling on the negative rope longer, it's very easy for you to get off on a negative tangent. It can take just a little utterance from somewhere, a memory of something or some suggestion to take you into a negative tailspin right away. And so sometimes it's difficult for you to let go of that negative rope, for you've been holding on to it for a very long time. But if, whenever you're feeling negative emotion, you will realize that you are negatively attracting and you will let your dominant intent be to feel good, then you can find yourself rather easily letting go of that rope. And so both the process of pivoting and the process of the book of positive aspects are offered to assist you in recognizing in the early subtle stages that you are pulling on the very tips of that negative ball of twine so that you may right away release it and reach for the positive twine. As we're talking about the way thoughts connect to thoughts, connect to thoughts, connect to thoughts, we want to point out something that you may be missing. It is much easier to go from a little thought of something that makes you feel good to more that makes you feel good to more that makes you feel good than it is to be in a place where you're feeling bad and then go right to a place where you feel good. Do not try to save the world. Save yourself. Because thoughts are so attractive, meaning that they attract more unto them, once you get going on a thought that does not feel good to you, it's easier for you to stay focused in that train of thought until you have a great amount of negative energy going than it is for you to pivot away. And for that reason, we would encourage the greatest exercise in pivoting that we can offer you. 
In other words, rather than moving forward into your day, not having any clear ideas of what you want, and waiting until some influence touches you that you do not like, feeling the negative response and deciding that you will pivot, it is so much more productive for you to go about your day with the decision to look for positive aspects. Do not try to save the world. Save yourself. That means that you need to focus on what makes you feel good. The process of pivoting is the tool that will bring you to what you want. It is the process whereby you consciously decide, yes, I want to look for what I want, and I will no longer look in the direction of the lack of it. Pivoting is a continual, hour after hour, segment by segment process whereby you choose the positive. It is the way you get to feeling good, and it is a way that you can get whatever you want. This is the end of CD number three. Process number 17, the focus wheel process. When to use this process? When you realize that your current vibrational point of attraction is not where you want it to be, or when you're aware that you're feeling negative emotion about something that's important and you want to find a way of feeling positive emotion instead, or when something has just happened that is not to your liking and you want to think about it while it's on your mind and change your point of attraction so it does not happen again, or when you're reaching for a feeling of relief. Current emotional set point range. This focus wheel process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 8, boredom, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Through exposure to life experiences, people often arrive at beliefs that hold them in a vibrational pattern that disallows their receiving of something they desire. And even though those beliefs are not serving them, many people defend their continual return to those unpleasant facts, arguing, after all, they're true. We want to remind you that the only reason anything has manifested into a physical, tangible, definable truth is because someone has given enough attention to it to make that so. But just because someone else has managed to create their truth, it does not mean that it has any relationship to you or to what you will create. In your attempt to document the facts and events of your time, you often, without knowing you're doing it, hold yourself in patterns of vibrations that make it certain that you will confirm the truth or some fact you're studying with your own life experience. This is not because it is an undeniable truth that you're witnessing, but it is because in your attention to it, you've achieved vibrational harmony with it, and so the law of attraction brings a matching experience to you. Sometimes someone will say to us, but Abraham, I cannot ignore this, for it's true. And we say, it's only true because someone has made it true by giving their attention to it. You see, what you're actually saying here is, because someone else has given attention to this, and therefore, by the law of attraction, invited it into their own experience, I think I'll do the same. In other words, even though I don't want it, I'm obliged to create it in my own reality because someone else did. There are many things that are true that you do desire, and there are many things that are true that you do not desire. It is our encouragement that you give your attention to the things that you do desire and make those wonderful things the truth of your life experience. Most people, however, have not deliberately guided their thoughts to those things that feel good, and so, without knowing they're doing it, they develop patterns of thoughts that they now continue to repeat. Of course, some of your patterns of thought are extremely beneficial to you. Others are not. And so, this focus wheel process is designed to assist you in changing your vibrational patterns on those specific subjects that are not beneficial to you. 
It is a process whereby you can literally practice your thoughts into a better feeling and therefore into a better point of attraction. We recommend that you spend 15 or 20 minutes with this process anytime you feel strong negative emotion about something that has happened or whenever you wish to improve your feeling of clarity. Your heightened negative emotion is always highlighting a good opportunity to shift your energy on a subject because something that you have been living has brought it to a particularly focused position. And so now, as you apply the focus wheel process to it, you will be able to feel any improvement that you achieve in a more emphatic way. We recommend using this focus wheel process in any moment when you are keenly aware of something that you do not want. This is the process where you make a general statement that matches your desire. In other words, you are reaching for a match. And how do you know you found one? Because you feel a sense of relief. In other words, the statement soothes you. The statement feels just a little better. And once you find it, if you can focus there for a little bit, even amplify it or exaggerate it or remember something related to it, that is to say, if you can manage, once you find that gentle, comforting statement, to stay there for at least 17 seconds so that you allow another thought to join it, it will then give impetus to your newly stated belief. An example of the focus wheel process. Here's how to begin the focus wheel process. Draw a large circle on a sheet of paper, then draw a smaller circle about two inches in diameter in the center of the large circle. Sit back and look at the small circle and feel your eyes focus upon it. Now, close your eyes for a moment and turn your attention to whatever has happened that has produced the negative emotion within you. Identify exactly what it is that you do not want. At this point, say to yourself, well, I clearly know what I don't want. What is it that I do want? It's helpful if you try to identify what you do not want as well as what you do want in terms of the way you want to feel about it. For example, I feel fat and I want to feel slender. I feel poor and I want to feel prosperous. I feel unloved and I want to feel loved. I feel deceived and I want to feel honored. I feel ill and I want to feel well. I feel powerless and I want to feel my power. Next, try to write statements around the outside edge of your large circle that match what it is that you do want. When you find a statement that's a close enough match, you'll know it. In other words, you'll feel whether your statement does not match and throws you off the wheel into the bushes, so to speak, or whether it's a statement that's close enough to your desire that it sticks. The reason the focus wheel process is so effective is because the statements you're writing are those that you have deliberately chosen. They are general statements that you already believe that match your desire. And the reason it works is because the law of attraction is so very powerful that when you hold a thought for as little as 17 seconds, another thought like it will join it. And as those two thoughts come together, there's a combustion that occurs that makes your thoughts even more powerful. Whenever you make a general statement, you're more likely to be pure in your thought than when you make a specific statement. So the power of the focus wheel is that you're making general statements that you already believe. And as you hold each of them for 17 seconds or so, it gives you an opportunity to offer a pure vibration that's more and more specific to your desire. So let's say that you're preparing to do this process and you know that your intention is to eventually write, I feel good about my body or my knee as well. But if you begin there, if the first little phrase you write is, I feel good about my body, you can tell by the way you feel that the energy is not lined up because all it did was make you feel ornery and aggravate your awareness that you do feel fat or that your knee does hurt. So that statement was too specific. In other words, it's sort of like trying to jump on a train that's going too fast and all you do is just bounce back off of it. Can you imagine trying to get on a merry-go-round that's going too fast? 
you cannot quite get on yet, but if it slows down, you can, and then it can speed up. And as it does so this time, you can be comfortable on it. What you want to do is slow the wheel down, slow the belief down, so that you can get on. And then, once you do so, you can increase the speed of the vibration. Now, just by trial and error, you can choose another statement. You might say something like, I know that my physical body responds to my thoughts. Well, that is a softer statement, and you already believe that, but that makes you a little mad at yourself, so that was not really a good starting point either. You feel around for something else, and you say something like, for the most part, my body's doing all right. Well, now, you believe that. That statement feels all right. You're able to stay on the merry-go-round. As you write that around your circle and focus upon it, it feels pretty good. And then you make another statement. You might say something like, I believe that the universe matches our vibration. You absolutely believe that, so that statement sticks. Then you make a statement such as, this physical body has been very good for me. You believe that. That statement stays. You're beginning to feel a little better. You're beginning to feel a little sense of relief. You're not quite so mad at yourself. Your vibration is lifting. And so, let us continue to add power to this process of the focus wheel. As you find thoughts that feel good, continue writing them around the perimeter of your larger circle. Start at what 12 o'clock would be if you were looking at a clock, and then continue around to 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and so on, until you have 12 statements that feel good to you. Since your thoughts are sometimes already spinning with such momentum that even though you want to change them, you cannot find a place to jump in, this focus wheel game is about finding a thought that is close enough to where you are right now so that you do not end up thrown off into the bushes, but where you can gradually begin moving toward the way you want to feel. It is a wonderful vibrational bridging tool. For example, let's say that you feel fat. Something has happened in your experience to bring that to the forefront of your mind, and you are, in this moment, feeling strong, negative emotion about it. Take your paper, draw a circle in the center of the page, and within the circle, you could write the words, I want to feel slender. Now, focus upon the subject at hand and try to find thoughts that match how you want to feel, thoughts that feel good to you while you ponder them. Try to find a thought that does not throw you off into bushes. I can be slender again. This thought is too far from what you really believe, and while you want to believe it, you do not. And you can feel that you do not. And so because this thought does not feel good to you, this is an off-in-the-bushes statement. My sisters are slender and beautiful. This thought does not feel good either. It points out their success and makes you feel your own lack of success even more. This thought throws you off in the bushes. I'll find something that will work for me. While this thought feels a little better than the previous ones, it still does not feel good. You've tried many things, but you believe that you've found nothing that works for you, so this thought just points out your past failures. This thought throws you off in the bushes. I know that there are others who have been where I now am who have found a way that works for them. With this thought, you may feel a sensation of relief. You do feel a little bit better. Remember, you're not looking for the end-all solution here. You're only looking for a thought that feels good enough that it sticks. And this thought does not throw you off in the bushes. So, write it on your page at the 12 o'clock position. And now, reach for more good-feeling thoughts. I don't have to do all of this today. That is another one that sticks. Write it at the 1 o'clock position. I'll find a diet that works. Off in the bushes. I don't feel good in my clothes. Off in the bushes. It'll be fun to buy some new clothes. Put that at 2 o'clock. That one sticks. My body will feel more refreshed. Put that at 3 o'clock. That one sticks. I will feel more vital. Put that at 4 o'clock. That one sticks.
New ideas will come to me. Put that at five o'clock. You're rolling now. Well, I already know some things that will help. That'll go at six o'clock. Yeah, feeling better. I like taking control of my own experience. Put that at seven o'clock. That one sticks. I'm looking forward to making this change. That'll go at eight o'clock. That one sticks. I like feeling good. That one sticks. Write it on the nine o'clock position. I like feeling good in my body. Ten o'clock. That one sticks. I feel good about my body. That's eleven o'clock. Yes, now after writing that on the 11 o'clock position, emphatically circle the words you originally wrote in the center of your focus wheel and notice that you now do feel a closer vibrational alignment with that thought when only minutes before you were nowhere near that vibration. Abraham, speak to us more about the focus wheel process. You may have heard us say that your point of power is in the present because even though you may be thinking about the past or you may be thinking about the now or you may be thinking about the future, you're doing it all right now. You're vibrating now. The pulse is now. The vibrational offering is now. So what is happening is any creative tension between the summoning of the life force and the allowing of it to flow through you, the summoning and the allowing, is all happening right here in the now. So here is the word that we want you to focus on for the next few days. Here you stand in this fresh place. We love the freshness of where you stand, and now we want to show you how to stand in this fresh place and align your fresh energy with fresh desire that will bring fresh and easy results. The focus wheel is the best tool that we have found to help you bridge a belief so that it matches your desire. Now, this is what we mean by this. The formula for creating anything, even let's say joyful tax preparation, is identify the desire and then achieve a vibrational match with it. Another example of a focus wheel process. So, just begin by trying to find a phrase that will let you onto the wheel. Write phrases that are close enough to what you already believe so that they do not throw you off in the bushes, so to speak. In other words, if you wrote, I'm enjoying doing my taxes, you're off in the bushes. If you write, I just think it's a wonderful thing that the government takes my money and squanders it in useless ways, you are off in the bushes. And so the goal is to try to find something that matches your desire that feels better. So, you could write something like, I like to be on top of my life. It feels good to meet my commitments. I like it when I do things in a timely fashion. I love the feeling of order and organization in my experience. Now, that might have been too strong a statement. You will know. You can tell by the way it feels whether it stays or whether it does not. So, through trial and error, you just keep trying. So then you say something like, I imagine that there are a whole lot of people who have felt like I'm feeling who now have this thing handled. That got you on the wheel. While the IRS taxing system isn't perfect, it's a mechanism through which our government runs. Now, did you end up in the bushes on that, or did you get on the wheel with it? Every year I'm getting better at this. I'm managing things more comfortably. I'll find ways to make it more comfortable. My taxes are a good incentive to help me sort of get organized and figure things out. The better it feels, the better it gets. Now, here's the thing we want you to hear. We have not solved anything. In other words, nothing has really changed. You still have your taxes to do. But the thing that we most want you to hear is that you're standing in a different place right now than you were before. In other words, clarity will come to you more easily than before. Memory will come to you more easily than before. 
an idea of where you left something will come to you more easily than before. In other words, all those scattered pieces of your life that are in piles and boxes and folders and bottoms of purses, all those pieces of information that are scattered here and there are coming together in your mind. In other words, your inner mind will begin to feed you in a consistent way, in a way that did not happen before you took a little time to align your energy with your desire. Whether it is a castle or a button, if you are using it as your object of attention, it is summoning life force, and it is the feel of the life force that life is about. The reason that you're summoning it is inconsequential. In other words, it is every bit as possible to feel as much joy in the preparation of your taxes as in the planning of an ocean cruise. Now, you might not believe that, but that is because you have not allowed the energy to flow through you toward that object of attention without resistance. You summon the energy because you want to do what you have to do, but then you divert the energy because you have all these habits or practice statements that do not let it flow. When you have energy flowing through you and you do not let it flow, it beats up on you pretty good. And now, because the focus wheel process causes you to focus for a longer than usual period of time on a specific subject, while you are deliberately reaching for thoughts that feel good, your point of attraction does change. By applying this simple but powerful focus wheel process to a variety of subjects as they come up in your life, you can effectively improve your point of attraction regarding everything that is important to you. Process number 18, finding the feeling place. When to use this process? When you want to improve a situation? When you want more money? When you want a better job? When you want a happier relationship? Or when you want a better feeling body? current emotional set point range. This finding the feeling place process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 9, pessimism, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Because you're generally giving much more attention to the aspects of your life that you're living right now, whatever you're living is carrying more vibrational weight, so to speak, than what you're desiring or imagining. In other words, if you have a desire to be slender, even though you're considerably overweight at the moment, the aspects of your now experience are probably outweighing the vibrations of your visualizations. Often people will say, well, I'm not happy over here. I wish I could be over there. But when asked what it is about over there that they desire, Usually, they'll just explain to you what's wrong with being over here. Even though they use words such as, I want to be over there, or I want what is over there, their vibration is much more about over here, where they now stand, than about where they want to be. As in our earlier gas gauge example of how unhelpful it would be for you to put a happy face sticker on your dashboard to cover the empty tank indicator, in like manner, there's no value in using happy sounding words if you don't feel happy. The law of attraction is not responding to your words, but instead is responding to the vibrations that are radiating from you. It's quite possible for you to use all the right-sounding words at the same time that you're in a state of powerful resistance to your own well-being. For the words you use are not important. How you feel is what matters. The finding the feeling place process is most helpful in making sure that you're radiating a vibration that will serve you. For this is a process that will help you realize what you are actually attracting. It's one of using your imagination to pretend that your desire has already come about and you're now living the details of that desire. As you focus upon what it feels like to be living your desire, you cannot at the same time be feeling the absence of your desire. So, with practice, you can tip the scale, so to speak, so that even though your desire has not actually manifested, you're offering a vibration as if it has, 
and then it must. Again, the universe does not know if you're offering your vibration because you're living what you're living or because you're imagining that you're living it. In either case, it answers the vibration and the manifestation must follow. For example, let's say that you go to your mailbox and you find the second notice of another unpaid bill. And as you open the envelope, you feel very uncomfortable because right now you do not know how you're going to pay it. This bill is already overdue and there are several other overdue bills, so you feel overwhelmed and discouraged. I want more money, you say. I want a lot more money, you say, with even more emphasis. But you're offering empty, hollow words that have no impact on your point of attraction whatsoever because your words are not your point of attraction. Your point of attraction is your practice vibrational offering, and the way you feel is the real indicator of what your point of attraction is. Right now, you're pulsing with emotions that clearly match your state of not having enough money. Your goal in this process is to conjure images that cause you to offer a vibration that allows money. Your goal is to create images that feel good to you. Your goal is to find the feeling place of what it would be like to have enough money, rather than finding the feeling place of what it is like to not have enough money. Now, you could remember a time when you had more money, or even a time when, even though you did not necessarily have more money, at least you were not feeling the stress of too many bills. And when you find that memory, try to remember as many details as possible in order to try to feel it even more. You could pretend that you have more money than you have any sensible use for. Pretend that you have so much money you do not know where to keep it all. And imagine you have tons of it in the pantry and under the bed. See yourself going to the bank with buckets of change that you're converting to dollar bills. See yourself taking $5, $10, and $20 bills and having them converted to $100 bills just for the sake of more efficient storage. You could pretend that you have a credit card with an unlimited balance that is easily paid. A sort of magic card that you use several times every day because it's very efficient, and then once a month you casually write a check that pays for all the charges you've incurred. Pretend that the ratio of your money in the bank to this month's credit card balance is so great that paying the bill is inconsequential to your experience. The more often you play this finding the feeling place process, the better you'll be at playing it and the more fun it will become. When you pretend, or selectively remember, you activate new vibrations and your point of attraction shifts. And when your point of attraction shifts, your life will improve regarding every subject for which you have found a new feeling place. Process number 19. Releasing resistance to become free of debt. When to use this process? When you want to experience the relief of being debt-free or when you want to create a larger spread between what you earn and what you spend, or when you want to feel better about money, or when you want to increase the flow of money through your experience. Current emotional set point range. This process to become free of debt will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 10, frustration or irritation or impatience, and number 22, fear, grief, depression, despair, or powerlessness. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. To begin the process of releasing resistance to become free of debt, obtain a columnar writing pad with as many columns as you have monthly expenditures. Now, beginning in the far left column, Write a heading that describes your largest monthly outgo. For example, if the largest check that you write each month is your house payment, then you would write as a header, house payment. And then, on the first line beneath the header, write the dollar amount of that house payment. 
Now, circle this amount, which represents the amount you're obligated to pay each month, and then on the third line, enter the total outstanding debt for this house payment category. Next, enter your second largest payment in the second column, your third largest payment in the third column, and so on. And across the top of your column or pad, write the following affirmation. It is my desire to keep my promise regarding all of these financial obligations, and in some cases, I will even do twice as much as is required. Each time you receive a bill, get out your column or pad and adjust, if necessary, the minimum monthly amount that is required. If it stays the same, then write the same figure. The first time you receive a bill, or when it's time to make the payment for the category that's on the far right column of your pad, in other words, the smallest payment you make each month, write the check for exactly twice what is required. And as you do so, write in the new amount of that outstanding balance. This may seem a little strange to you when you first begin to play the game, but even if you do not have enough money to pay everything you owe in all of the columns, still double the payment in the far right column. And feel glad that you've kept your new promise to yourself to do your best to pay everything you owe and to do even twice that amount in some cases. Because you're looking at your finances in a way that is new, your vibration will begin to shift right away. As you feel even the slightest bit of pride for keeping your word, your vibration will shift. And as you keep your promise about doubling up on payments, your vibration will shift. And with this shift, even if it is slight, things will begin to change in your financial condition. If you will take the time to really enter everything you owe on the column or pad, your newly focused attention will begin to positively activate circumstances around the subject of money for you. Instead of feeling discouraged as you find yet another bill in your mailbox, you'll feel an eagerness to enter the bill on your column or pad. And with this shift in attitude and vibration, things will begin to change in your financial picture. Money that you are not expecting will appear in your experience. Bargains will reveal themselves so your dollars will go further than you expected. All kinds of unusual financial things will occur, and when they do, be consciously aware that these things are happening in response to your newly focused attention and the resultant shift in your vibration. As extra money appears, you'll find yourself eager to apply another payment to the far right column, and soon that debt will be paid, and you can eliminate that column from your pad. Column after column will disappear as your financial gap between what is coming in and what is going out widens. Your sense of financial well-being will improve on the first day you play this game. And if you will take the game seriously, your vibration around money will shift so significantly that you can be debt-free in a short time, if that is your desire. There's nothing wrong with debt. But if your debt feels like a heavy burden, then your vibration around money is one of resistance. When the burden has lifted, when you feel lighter and freer, your resistance has lifted, and you are now in the position to allow the well-being to flow abundantly into your experience. Abraham, speak to us more about money and the economy. As we mentioned in process number 17, it's as easy to create a castle as a button. It is just a matter of whether you're focused on a castle or a button. But it can also be as satisfying to create a button as a castle. And whether it is a castle or a button, if you're using it as your object of attention, it is summoning the life force. And the feeling of the life force is what life is about. The reason that you're summoning it is inconsequential. So, what about creating a very positive current of financial abundance? What about getting so good at visualizing that the money flows through you easily? What about expending money and giving more people opportunity? What better way could anyone spend money than by putting it back into the economy that gives more people work? The more you spend, 
the more people benefit and the more people get in on the game and dovetail with you. Your role is to utilize energy. That is why you exist. You are an energy-flowing being, a focuser, a perceiver. You are a creator, and there is nothing worse in all of the universe than to come forth into the environment of great contrast where desire is easily born and not allow energy to flow to your desire. That is a true squandering of life. There's no high work or low work. There are just opportunities to focus. You can feel as fulfilled and satisfied in any task as in any other, for you are on the leading edge of thought and source is flowing through you no matter what your endeavor is. You can be joyful at any endeavor where you decide to allow the energy to flow. Spiritual versus material are not the choices. Everything about this physical manifestational experience is spiritual. It is all the end product of spirit. You have nothing to prove. Be the spiritual you and create like a physical fiend. Your financial decline will not elevate the impoverished. Think about what the economy was like in this nation a few hundred years ago. What has changed? Have more resources been trucked in from other planets? Or have there not been more people over more time who just identified more things that they desire and the non-physical energy, which is endless and infinite, supplied that? We never hear any of you say, well, I've been so well for so many years that I've decided I'm going to be sick for a while to allow some other people to be well. Because you know that whether you're well or not does not have anything to do with others not getting enough wellness. You're not using up the wellness and depriving them of it. And it is the same thing with the abundance. People who have managed to find vibrational harmony with abundance so that it's flowing to them and through them are not depriving anyone else of that abundance. You cannot get poor enough to help the impoverished people thrive. It is only in your thriving that you have anything to offer anyone. If you want to be of help to others, be as tapped in, tuned in, and turned on as you can possibly be. Feel appreciation for those who provide examples of well-being. How would you know that prosperity was possible if there was not some evidence of it around you? It is all part of the contrast that helps you sharpen your desire. Money is not the root of happiness, but it's not the root of evil either. Money is a result of how somebody lines up energy. If you do not want money, do not attract it. But we say to you that your criticism of others who have money holds you in a place where things you do want, such as wellness, clarity, and well-being, cannot come to you either. If the subject of money makes you uncomfortable when you think about it, it means that there's a strong desire related to it, which means that it really, really, really matters. So, Finding a way to think about it and feel good is your work. But it is equally effective to think about anything else and feel good and let it in. You do not have to think about money in order to let in money. You just cannot think about lack of money and let in money. Success is about the joy you feel. We love seeing you applauding someone else's success because when you are genuinely thrilled by it, that means you're right on the track of your own. Many think that success means getting everything they want. And we say that this is what dead is, and there is no such thing as that kind of dead. Success is not about getting it done. It's about still dreaming and feeling positive in the unfolding. The standard of success in life is not the money or the stuff. The standard of success is absolutely the amount of joy you feel. You could say things such as, when I look at successful people, and, and by that I mean rich people, yes, and, and I mean happy people. Sometimes they're rich and happy. When I'm talking about the successful ones, what I really mean is the really happy people, people who are really joyful, who are eager to get on with their day. Almost all of them, without exception, had a pretty rough beginning, which turned them into powerful rebels initially. 
Then they found a way to relax into their natural birthright of well-being. Success is about a happy life, and a happy life is just a string of happy moments. But most people do not allow the happy moments because they're so busy trying to get a happy life. Instead of earning abundance, allow your abundance. Your action has nothing to do with your abundance. Your abundance is a response to your vibration. Of course, your belief is part of your vibration. So if you believe that action is part of what brings you abundance, then you have to unravel that. We would like you to release the word earn from your vocabulary and your understanding altogether. And we would like you to replace it with the word allow. You want to allow your well-being. It's not something that you need to earn. All you have to do is decide what you would like to experience and then allow it in order to receive it. It's not something that you have to struggle or try for. You are all worthy beings, and you are deserving of this well-being. All the resources you will ever want or need are at your fingertips. All you have to do is identify what you want to do with it, and then practice the feeling place of what it will be like when that happens. There is nothing that you cannot be, do, or have. You are blessed beings, and you've come forth into this physical environment to create. There's nothing holding you back other than your own contradictory thoughts, and your emotion tells you whenever you have such thoughts. Life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to feel good. You are powerful creators, and you're right on schedule. Savor more, fix less, laugh more, cry less, anticipate positively more, anticipate negatively less. Nothing is more important than that you feel good. Just practice that and watch what happens. Process number 20, turning it over to the manager. When to use this process? When you feel you have too much to do? When you want more time to do more things that you enjoy? Or when you want to become the powerful creator that you were born to be? Current emotional set point range. This turning it over to the manager process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 10, frustration or irritation or impatience, and number 17, anger. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Imagine that you're the owner of a very large corporation and that there are thousands of people who work for you. There are people who assist in the manufacturing and marketing of your products, and there are bookkeepers, accountants, and advisors. There are artists, advertising experts, thousands of people all working to make your company successful. Now, imagine that you do not personally work with any of these people, but you have a manager who does, and your manager understands them, advises them, and directs them. So whenever you get an idea about something, you express it to your manager who says, I'll take care of that right away, and he does, efficiently, effectively, precisely, just the way you like it. You may be saying to yourself right now, I'd love to have a manager like that, someone I can count on, someone who would work on my behalf. And we say to you, you do have a manager who is that and much more. You have a manager who works continually on your behalf called the Law of Attraction. And you have only to ask in order for this universal manager to jump to your request. But most of you do not see this manager in this way. You have this manager, but you continue to hold the responsibility in your own heart. In other words, you say, oh yeah, the Law of Attraction is out there, but I've got to do all the work. And we say, well then, what good is the Law of Attraction? That would be like having a manager that you pay $500,000 a year to who just asks you, is there anything you want from me? And you reply, no, 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 I'm happy just to pay you to have that title. 
Meanwhile, you're out there scrambling around, doing all the computer stuff and all the building stuff. You work yourself into oblivion and are exhausted all the time while your manager is basking on the beach somewhere. You would not do that, would you? You'd put your manager to work. You would delegate to him or her, making requests with an expectation of receiving. And that is the way you must treat the law of attraction. Make requests with the attitude of expecting results. And when you delegate in that way, you're doing the only two things that are required in deliberate creation. You're identifying your object of desire, and you are allowing the universe to yield it to you. So, setting goals is like delegating to the universal manager. And achieving the vibration of allowing is like standing back and trusting your manager to set things into place, trusting that when something is required of you, your manager will bring your attention to it. In other words, when another decision is needed from you, you will be aware of it. You're not delegating your life. You're creating your life. You are becoming the visionary in the creation mode rather than the actionary. But there will still be plenty of things that you'll want to do. We in no way want to steer you away from action. Action is fun. There is not anything in all of the universe more delicious than to have a desire that you are a vibrational match to and in that alignment of your being connected to source energy, being inspired to action. That is the furthest extension of the creation process. There is no action in all of the universe that is more delicious than inspired action. Process number 21, reclaiming one's natural state of health. When to use this process? When you do not feel well? when you've been given an unsettling diagnosis, or when you're feeling pain, when you want to feel more vital, or when you feel a vague fear associated with your body. Current emotional set point range. This reclaiming one's natural state of health process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 10, frustration or irritation or impatience, and number 22, fear, grief, depression, despair, or powerlessness. If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the emotional guidance scale. Do this process while lying in a comfortable place. The more comfortable, the better. Choose a time when you have approximately 15 minutes when you're not likely to be disturbed by anyone. Now, write this short list in a place where it will be easy for you to read, and when you first lie down, read it slowly to yourself. It is natural for my body to be well. Even if I don't know what to do in order to get better, my body does. I have trillions of cells with individual consciousness, and they know how to achieve their individual balance. When this condition began, I didn't know what I know now. If I had known then what I know now, this condition couldn't have gotten started. I don't need to understand the cause of this illness. I don't need to explain how it is that I'm experiencing this illness. I have only to gently, eventually, release this illness. It doesn't matter that it got started because it's reversing its course right now. It's natural that it would take some time for my body to begin to align to my improved thoughts of well-being. There's no hurry about any of this. My body knows what to do. Well-being is natural to me. My inner being is intricately aware of my physical body. My cells are asking for what they need in order to thrive, and source energy is answering those requests. I'm in very good hands. I will relax now, 
to allow communication between my body and my source. My only work is to relax and breathe. I can do that. I can do that easily. Now, just lie there and enjoy the comfort of the mattress beneath you and focus upon your breathing in and out, in and out. Your goal is to be as comfortable as possible. Breathe as deeply as you can while still remaining comfortable. Do not force it. Do not try to make anything happen. There's nothing for you to do other than to relax and breathe. You will very likely begin to feel soft, gentle sensations in your body. Smile and acknowledge that this is source energy specifically answering your cellular requests. You are now feeling the healing process. Do nothing to try to help it or intensify it. Just relax and breathe and allow it. If you were experiencing pain when you laid down, follow the same process. However, if you were feeling pain, it would be helpful for you to add these words to your written and spoken list. This sensation of pain is an indicator that source is responding to my cellular request for energy. This sensation of pain is a wonderful indicator that help is on the way. I will relax into this sensation of pain because I understand that it's indicating improvement. Now, if you can, drift off to sleep. Smile in your knowledge that all is well. Breathe and relax and trust. Abraham, speak to us more about our physical body. The next time you feel any discomfort, stop in the middle of it and say to yourself, this discomfort that I'm feeling is nothing more than my awareness of resistance. It's time for me to relax and breathe, relax and breathe, relax and breathe. And you can, in seconds, bring yourself back into comfort. Every cell in your body has a direct relationship with creative life force, and each cell is independently responding. When you feel joy, all the circuits are open, so the life force can be fully received. When you feel guilt, blame, fear, or anger, the circuits are hindered, and life force cannot flow as effectively. Physical experience is about monitoring those circuits and keeping them as open as possible. Your cells know what to do. They are summoning the energy. There is no condition that you cannot modify into something more, any more than there is any painting that you cannot repaint. There are many limiting thoughts in the human environment that can make it seem that these so-called incurable illnesses or unchangeable conditions cannot be changed. But we say that they are only unchangeable because you believe they are. Someone asked us recently, is there any limitation to the body's ability to heal? And we said, none, other than the belief that you hold. And he asked, then why aren't people growing new limbs? And we said, because no one believes they can. But what about an unhealthy little baby? The question that often arises is, well, what about the little ones? What about the unhealthy babies? And we say that they have been exposed to a vibration, even in the womb, that caused them to disallow the well-being that would have been there otherwise. But once they are born, no matter what their disability, if they could be encouraged to the thought that would allow the well-being, then even after the body is fully formed, it could be regenerated into something that is well. It is natural for you to be absolutely well. It is natural for you to be abundant. It is natural for you to feel good. It is natural for you to feel clarity. It is not natural to feel confusion or to not have enough or to feel lack or blame. These are not natural to the you that is really you. But they seem to be sort of natural to the human patterns that most of you have picked up along your physical trail. Anytime you have physical discomfort of any kind, whether you call it emotional or physical pain within your body, it always, always means the same thing. 
I have a desire that is summoning energy, but I have a belief that is not allowing, so I've created resistance in my body. The solution, every single time, to the releasing of discomfort or pain is the relaxation and the reaching for the feeling of relief. We are asked, if there is no source of illness, then why are there so many sick people? It's because they found lots of excuses to hold themselves in vibrational discord with wellness. They are not letting it in. And when they do not let well-being in, the absence of it looks like sickness. And when enough of them do it, you say, oh, there must be a source of sickness. In fact, let us give it a label. Let's call it cancer. Let's call it all kinds of terrible things. And let's imply that it jumps into people's experience. And we say that it never jumps into anybody's experience. It is just that people learn, through trial and error and through banging around with each other, patterns of thought that do not let well-being in. As you do not allow the well-being in, it shows up in shadows in your life that are illnesses in your body and deprivation of things that you want. Then, over time, you come to believe that that is a reality that has a source somewhere. And then you develop whole bodies of information to protect yourself from the evil source that never existed to begin with. If you have received a frightening diagnosis. If you get a diagnosis that is not what you want to hear, the tendency is to say, Oh my God, how did I get so far away from something I want so much? And we say that it is not a big thing at all. It is just a series of little things. It is the, I could choose this thought that feels good, or this thought that does not feel so good. But I've developed a pattern for what does not feel good. So it's the daily dose of not being in the receiving mode that keeps me out of the receiving mode. And that is all that it is. So do not let any place that you are standing frighten you. All it is is a byproduct of some energy alignment that only gives you stronger clarity about what you want and, most important, greater sensitivity about whether you are in a receiving mode or locked off from it. Wellness that is being allowed or the wellness that is being denied is all about the mindset, the mood, the attitude, or the practice thoughts. There is not one exception in any human or beast because you can patch them up again and again and they will just find another way of reverting back to the natural rhythm of their mind. Treating the body is really about treating the mind. It is all psychosomatic, every bit of it, no exceptions. There is nothing that cannot be reoriented to well-being, but it does take the determination that you're going to put your thoughts upon something that feels good. So here, we're going to make a very bold statement. Any disease could be healed in a matter of days, any disease, if distraction from it could occur and a different vibration dominate. And the healing time is about how much mix-up there is in all of that. For any malady in your physical body was a lot longer in coming than it takes to release it. Illness as an extension of negative emotion. Physical pain is just an extension of emotion. It's all the same thing. There are two emotions. One feels good and one feels bad. This means that you are connected to your energy stream or you are not allowing your energy stream. Illness or pain is just an extension of negative emotion. And when you're no longer feeling any resistance to it, it's a non-issue. Do you have to think specific positive thoughts about your body in order for it to be the way you want it to be? No. But you have to not think the specific negative thoughts. If you could never again think about your body and instead just think pleasant thoughts, your body would reclaim its natural place of wellness. You can live comfortably, joyfully, resiliently, and healthfully as long as you have desire that summons life through you. People do not die because they pass through time. They die because they do not allow this arena to stimulate decisions. 
The only reason people ever die is either because they've stopped making decisions about being here or they have made decisions about being non-physical. You could remain in these bodies indefinitely. Are we saying that you could reach what you consider to be a prime human physical condition and that you could maintain it for as long as you remain physically focused in this body? The answer is absolutely yes. And it does not mean reaching your prime and then jumping off a cliff the same day either. It means reaching your prime and basking in the deliciousness of that. Now, why is anything other than that the more consistent experience? Because almost everybody is looking around and vibrating in response to what they're seeing. So, what's the solution? Look around less, imagine more. Look around less, imagine more, until your imagery is the most familiar vibration that you have. You could remain in these bodies indefinitely if you would allow your environment to continue to produce new, continuing, life-summoning, pure, unresisted desire. You could be one who opened your vortex to continually find new things to want, and those desires would continue to summon the life force through you. In other words, you are living raucously, you are living joyously, you are living rambunctiously, and you are living passionately. And then, from that same framework, you make a conscious decision to make your transition. Every death is self-imposed. The best reason to make your transition into non-physical is not because the physical is miserable. It's because you have a sense of completion in physical, and you're looking for another vantage point. Death is a withdrawal of consciousness. It's like taking attention from here and putting it there. Every death is brought about by the culmination of the vibration of the being. There is not an exception to that. No one... Beast or human makes their transition into non-physical without it being the vibrational consensus that is within them. So, every death is a suicide because every death is self-imposed. You are an eternal being, always projecting from non-physical, and sometimes that projection is into a physical personality. When the physical personality is complete for this time, then there is a withdrawal of focus. It's sort of like, here you sit... And sometimes you go into a movie, and sometimes you come back out of the movie, but you are always the you that went into the movie, whether you are in the movie or not. Here is a rule of thumb that will help you. If you believe that something is good, and you do it, it benefits you. If you believe that something is bad, and you do it, it's a very detrimental experience. There is nothing that you can do that is worse for yourself than to do something that you believe is inappropriate. So get clear and happy about whichever choice you make, because it is your contradiction that causes the majority of the contradiction in vibration. Make a decision about what you want, focus your attention there, and find the feeling place of it, and you are there instantly. There is no reason for you to suffer or struggle your way to or through anything. Process number 22. Moving up the emotional scale. When to use this process? When you feel bad and are having a difficult time feeling better? When something has happened to you or someone close to you that has knocked you back on your heels? That is, someone died, your lover left you, your dog got run over, and so on? When it has been necessary for you to deal with a crisis? When you've been diagnosed with a frightening illness? Or when someone you love has been diagnosed with a frightening illness? Or when your child or someone very close to you is experiencing a trauma or crisis? Your current emotional set point range. This moving up the emotional scale process will be of the most value to you when your emotional set point is ranging somewhere between number 17, anger, and number 22, fear or grief or depression or despair or powerlessness. 
If you're not sure what your current emotional set point is, review the insert enclosed with this recording and scan the 22 categories on the Emotional Guidance Scale. So, the contrast of your life experiences helps you identify your preferences and desires. And whether you speak them out loud or not, Source has heard each of your preferences and desires, no matter how large or small they may seem, and has answered them. And the manager, called the Law of Attraction, has lined up circumstances, events, other people, and all manner of things to assist in the fulfillment of your desires. In other words, you have asked, and it is given, but now you must let it in. Remember, there is no non-physical source of darkness, sickness, confusion, or evil. There is only the stream of well-being, and it is flowing toward you at all times. And unless you're offering resistance of some kind, you are the full receiver of it. And your emotions help you understand to what extent you are allowing or resisting the stream. In other words, the better you feel, the less you are resisting. The worse you feel, the more you are resisting. The process of moving up the emotional scale will assist you, no matter where you stand, no matter what you're creating, and no matter how you feel, to lower your state of resistance and therefore improve your state of allowing. And every feeling of relief will be an indication of your release of resistance. We want to help you understand that deliberate creation is really about deliberately achieving an emotional state. For example, when you do not have enough money, you want more. But we want you to understand that the distance you'll be traveling is not the distance between not enough money to enough money, but instead is the distance between a feeling of insecurity to a feeling of security. Once you practice the thought that makes you consistently feel more secure, the money must follow. When you're sick, you want to be well. But the distance you're traveling is not from sickness to wellness, but from fear to confidence. Once you practice the thoughts that make you feel more confident, the physical improvement must follow. When you have no mate and want to find one, the distance you are really traveling is from the feeling of being lonely to the feeling of excitement or satisfaction. Once you practice the thoughts that make you feel excitement or anticipation, the perfect mate must follow. You may say, I want a new car. But what the universe is hearing is, I'm not happy with my current car. I feel embarrassed by my current car. I feel disappointed that I don't have a better car. I feel jealous that my neighbor has a much better car. I feel angry that I cannot afford a better car. You may say, I want to be well. But what the universe is hearing is, I'm worried about my body. I'm disappointed with myself. I'm worried about my health. I'm afraid that I'll have a bad experience like my mother had. I'm angry that I didn't take better care of myself. You may say, I want to find another job. But what the universe is hearing is, I'm angry because my employer doesn't see my value. I feel bored. I feel unhappy with my current salary. I'm frustrated that I can't make them understand. I'm overwhelmed with too much to do. There is nothing that you or anyone else has ever wanted that exists for any other reason than you think you will feel better in the achieving of it. Once you consciously identify your current state of emotion, it becomes easier for you to understand whether you're choosing thoughts that move you closer to your desired destination or further from your desired destination. If you will make the improved feeling or emotion be your real destination, then anything and everything that you want will quickly follow. The following is the basic list of emotions. Actually, it's the same list that was in the insert enclosed with this recording that contained the 22 categories of the emotional guidance scale. It begins with those that hold the least resistance, and then it goes all the way down to those that hold the greatest resistance. Whenever emotions have very similar vibrations, we've indicated them on the same line. 
These emotions range from the extremes of strongly allowing of your source energy to strongly disallowing of your source energy, and they're indicated by the words of empowerment or joy on one end of the scale, all the way down to depression or powerlessness on the other end. The words or titles that have been given to these emotions are not absolutely accurate because different people feel different about emotions, even when they're using similar words. However, the universe is not responding to your words. It's responding to your vibrational offering that is accurately and always accompanied by your emotions. So, finding the perfect word to describe the way you feel is not essential to this process. But feeling the emotion is important. And finding ways to improve the feeling is even more important. In other words, this game is strictly about discovering thoughts that give you feelings of relief. A scale of your emotions would look something like this. Number one, joy knowledge, empowerment, or freedom, love, and appreciation. Number two, passion. Number three, enthusiasm, or eagerness, or happiness. Number four, positive expectation, or belief. Number five, optimism. Number six, hopefulness. Number seven, contentment. Number eight, boredom. Number nine, pessimism. Number ten, Frustration, irritation, impatience. Number 11, overwhelmment. Number 12, disappointment. Number 13, doubt. Number 14, worry. Number 15, blame. Number 16, discouragement. Number 17, anger. Number 18, revenge. Number 19, hatred or rage. Number 20, jealousy. Number 21, insecurity or guilt or unworthiness, and number 22, fear or grief or depression or despair or powerlessness. Here's the way we would apply this powerful process. When you're aware that you're feeling some rather strong negative emotion, try to identify what the emotion is. Consciously think about whatever is bothering you until you can pinpoint the emotions that you're feeling. Considering the two extreme ends of this emotional scale, you could ask yourself, do I feel powerful? Or, do I feel powerless? While you may not actually be feeling either one of these emotions precisely, you'll be able to tell which way your emotional state of being is leaning right now. So, in this example, if your answer is powerless, then shorten the range that you're considering and ask yourself, does it feel more like powerlessness or frustration? Still more like powerlessness. Then shorten the range still further. Does this feel more like powerlessness or worry? As you continue, there's no right or wrong approach to this, eventually you'll be able to state with accuracy what you are really feeling about the situation you are addressing. Once you've found your place on the emotional scale, your work is to try to find thoughts that give you a slight feeling of relief from the emotion you're feeling. A process of talking out loud or writing down your thoughts will give you the best reading of the way you're feeling. As you make statements with the deliberate intention of inducing an emotion that gives you a slight feeling of relief, you will begin to release resistance, and you will be able to move up the vibrational scale to a place of feeling much better. Remember, an improved feeling means a releasing of resistance, and a releasing of resistance means a greater state of allowing what you really want. So, using the emotional scale, and beginning with where you are, Look at the emotion that's just about where you believe you are and try to fashion some words that lead you more into a slightly less resistant emotional state of being. For example, a woman found herself in a state of tremendous resistance and pain because of the death of her father. Even though he had been seriously ill and his death was expected, when it happened, she found herself in the deepest depression. She felt powerless and grief-stricken in response to her focus upon the uncontrollable death of her father. 
During the days before her father's death, this woman had barely left his side, but he slipped into unconsciousness during one of the rare times when she was not with him, and he did not awaken again before he died. As she thought about not being there to have just one last conversation, tremendous thoughts of guilt washed through her. And while she did not consciously recognize the slight improvement in the way the guilt felt, it was a very important vibrational transition for her. And then her thoughts turned to powerful anger. She focused upon the woman who had been with her father when he had slipped into unconsciousness. And she felt rage that this woman had given her father such a strong dose of medication for the purpose of making him more comfortable. And then she blamed the woman for having deprived her of her last conversation with her father. She did not realize it at the time, but the feelings of guilt, rage, anger, and blame were each definite improvements over her grief-stricken vibrational state of resistance. She did feel better in her blame, much better in fact. At least she could breathe, and now she was able to sleep. Of course, it's always better when you achieve the improved state of emotion deliberately. But even, as in this case, when the improved emotions were discovered naturally and unconsciously, each improvement now gives you access to something even more improved. Once you find the relief that anger and blame can offer from those suffocating emotions of powerlessness and grief, you can move even more quickly up the vibrational scale. And while it may even take a day or two to move up even one vibrational level from, say, 22 or grief to 21 guilt to number 18 revenge or 17 anger on up to 15 blame, you can reclaim your connection to your source and to your feeling of empowerment in a much shorter time than almost anyone realizes. Here's an example of conscious statements that this woman could have offered to improve the way she felt. I did everything I could think of doing to help my father, but it wasn't enough. Grief. I miss him so much. I can't stand him being gone. Grief. How will I be able to soothe my mother? Despair. Every morning when I awaken, the first awareness that I have is that Daddy is gone. Grief. I shouldn't have gone home to shower. Guilt. I should have stayed right there so I could have told him goodbye. Guilt. I should have realized how close he was to going. Guilt. I was there day and night, day and night, day and night, and I still didn't get to say goodbye. Rage. The woman who was with him knew very well what was happening. Rage. How would she like it if the shoe was on the other foot and I put her father in a coma? Revenge. She's seen many people die, and she should have warned me that it was close. Anger. I think she knew and didn't want me to be there. Anger. She gave him more medication than he needed just to make it easier for her. Blame. I wish I could have said goodbye. Disappointment. There are too many details to attend to, and I don't really feel like doing anything. Overwhelmment. I've been neglecting so many things in my life, I need to regroup and get organized. Overwhelmment. The healthcare professionals are insensitive to the families of sick and dying people. Frustration. They're more concerned about picking up the oxygen tanks than they are about how I feel. Irritation. It'll be good to spend more time with my own family. Hopefulness. It'll feel good to get back into the swing of things at work. Positive expectation. I know that in time I'll get to feeling better. Positive expectation. I don't know if I'll ever feel the way I felt before, but I know I will feel better in time. Positive expectation. There's so many things to do and so many things that I want to do. Positive expectation. I'm so looking forward to smiling and meaning it and laughing and really feeling it. Positive expectation. I appreciate my husband so much. He's been helpful in so many ways. Appreciation. 
I do appreciate all those people who cared for my father and mother. Appreciation. I appreciate my sisters. We all love our parents, and we love each other. Appreciation and love. All things considered, we've lived and are living really wonderful lives. Appreciation and love. Death is a part of life. Knowledge. Since we are really eternal beings, there's really no such thing as death. Knowledge. Daddy is not gone because there is no such thing as death. Knowledge. He's in a place where sadness doesn't exist. Knowledge. That is truly a wonderful place to be. Joy. I love knowing that he's in a place of utter joy and understanding. Joy. I so adore this glorious earth experience. Joy. I love knowing how this all fits together. Joy. I loved having this wonderful man as my father. Joy. This has all been good. Joy. This is all good. Joy. Remember, you do not have access to emotions that are far from where you're currently vibrating. Although you may spend an entire day beating the drum of the emotion where you are, on the next day, try to establish a different set point, even if it's only a slight improvement. If the negative emotion you're feeling is slight, you'll quickly move up the emotional scale. If the negative emotion you are feeling has begun only recently, you will quickly move up the emotional scale. If you are experiencing something extremely serious, or it is something that you've been living with for many years, it's conceivable that you could spend 22 days moving up this emotional scale each day, deliberately choosing the improved emotion just above the one you're currently feeling. But 22 days from powerless to empowerment is not a long time at all when you compare it to people you know who have been in a state of grief, insecurity, or powerlessness for many years. Now that you understand that your goal is to reach a better feeling emotion, it is our expectation that this process will free you from troubling negative emotions that you have been experiencing for years. And as you gently and gradually release the resistance you have unknowingly gathered, you will begin to experience improvements in your life experiences in all troubling areas of your life. This concludes the reading of the book, Ask and It Is Given. Before we say goodbye, I would like to ask Esther to relax and let Abraham come in and speak a few last words to you. We are Abraham, and it is our desire that this book has brought you to a place of understanding that you can bring yourself back into your full empowerment. There is one last thing that we would like to say to you as you are coming to the end of this wonderful book. We want you to be easy about all of this. You tend to take life so seriously. Life is supposed to be fun, you know. As we watch you in the creation of your life, and we do, we feel only love for you and appreciation for all that you are. You are leading edge creators, sifting through this wonderful contrast of this leading edge environment coming to new conclusions that summon the life force forward. There are not adequate words to explain the value of that which you are. It is our powerful desire that you return to your state of self-appreciation. We want you to feel love for your life, for the people of your world, and most of all, for yourself. There is great love here for you. And for now, we are complete. All recorded and printed Abraham Hicks materials are copyrighted by Jerry and Esther Hicks, and any unauthorized duplication of these materials is strictly prohibited. 
Our primary intent with this work is to connect with those who are attracting this information, and Esther and I are most appreciative of the role of your intentions in this joyous co-creative experience. For additional tapes, CDs, books, videos, catalogs, or to reserve your space at an Abraham Hicks Art of Allowing workshop, please call 755-2299, area code 830, or write to Abraham Hicks Publications at Post Office Box 690-070, San Antonio, Texas, and the zip code is 78269. Also, for an immediate overview of our works, visit our interactive website at www.abraham-hicks.com. That's www.abraham-hicks.com.